Hello, Legionnaires, and welcome to episode 135 of RPG Digest. In segment one, we read through a tabletop RPG to introduce it to you and oftentimes to ourselves as well. In segment two, we provide higher level overviews and fundamentals and even the occasional how-to of system settings and game mechanics. I am John Max Leoshlo, your favorite curmudgeon, critic, and judge. Along with me as usual is the only man, uh, Splugarth manslave, can't say the word Splugarth, <laughs> to go free. Brett, heathen dog Grismer. How are you enjoying your freedom, sir? It's great. I took a blind warrior woman with me. It's working out great. Well, blind is the operative word. <laughs> she doesn't know how ugly I am, so it's all good. I I, I tell her, oh, yeah, uh, uh, this this is this is my friend. Feels his face. <laughs> that yeah, lump, we're, that, we're, that, that's a muscle. We're twins. That's how it works. <laughs> so how is everyone today? We have watching. We have like nobody. It's just today. Did I miss today? It's a day off. No, it's Sunday. Okay. It's it's the it's the rest day. And watching this is not restful. It's stressful. Oh, well, That's we got to change that then because Friday is supposed to be the stress day. This is supposed to be the rest day. There you go. We're apparently doing something wrong if it's not like that. So we have crafting gamer and full metal dragon. What's it going to be next week? What dragon are you going to be next week, sir? Oh. Oh, uh, uh, this week, at the beginning of the week, I tried to upgrade my PC. I told you about this, but I got an email this morning as a resolution. Oh, you did? Yeah. And uh, what do you have to provide now? Oh, hang on. Hang on. I'll get there. I got to tell <laughs> oh, everyone else's story. God. Okay. So I bought a motherboard, CPU, and RAM combo from Micro Center. And uh, it's an AM5, uh, 7900X, and 32 gig of... Uh, DDR5 RAM for 600 bucks. It's a good deal. And uh, I go, I test it with uh, outside the outside my case. Obviously, I want to test everything first before I take apart my rig. And uh, I put on a uh, an air cooler that I have. I have a AIO uh, three 360 AIO in my in my main rig. I tested it. It worked out great. So I go to put it in my main rig, and I discover, luckily, before I took it apart, I discover that my AIO does not support AM5 out of the box. So I look on the NZXT website and they have a free bracket adapter you can get from them. I'm like, oh, great. They need the proof of purchase of the AIO. They need a proof of purchase of motherboard and a serial number of the motherboard. According to the website, that's the three things. Three things. That's the three things they need. So I have all the boxes. So I give them all those things and I send it. I get it. I get an almost immediate response. Is it automatic? Probably saying, oh, please send these three things. <laughs> I already sent these three things. Try again. Oh, no, we, we also need the, the serial number of your 7000 series CPU. That's not on your website. But I have that box, too. Gave it to them. And they came back. Oh, no, we, we can't complete your order. We also need your receipt. Also not on your website. Dick. Not, now you're just trying to get me uh, increasing thing, increasing level of things that people throw away. But luckily, Micro Center emails all your receipts to you. So I gave them my receipt. And then this morning, I opened up my email. And there is, uh, what is her name? Jenny from, uh, from NZXT saying, oh, yeah, it'll take two or three days to ship to you. Maybe a day or two longer, depending on if it's the weekend or not, which it is. So it'll, it'll be the you know end of next week or end of this week. It's Sunday. Okay. So I, I should get it. 
Oh, so you don't have to provide anything else? No, that was it. You sure? Surprise. So I thought they, a, kid they, they, or a kid or something was coming next. Yeah, yeah. No, no, we, we need your we need your birth certificate, long form. <laughs> <laughs> and if you were born in Hawaii, don't even try. Oh. That's what's going to happen. Even if it's after 1959? Even if it's after 19... They don't care. Oh. They don't care. So, yeah, finally getting the bracket, so I'll be able to upgrade that... Uh, I'll be able to upgrade my PC. Cool. That's nice. Hopefully, I, I, uh, I, I'm I, on my way of raising up uh, enough funds to start uh, start putting this thing together in a different manner. You want to buy my old part? Hmm? No. I'm, I'm going to buy something new-ish. I'm going to wait. It's going to be at the end of the year. 900X, 32 gig RAM. 32 uh, gig. I got more than that in this thing, and it's however many years old. All right. Well, then you can keep that RAM. It's fine. <laughs> It'll still fit. <laughs> it's DDR4, right? It'll fit. <laughs> there you go. 5900X, a, a medium top-of-the-line motherboard. It's like middle, a little higher in the middle, but not $500. No, I'm not doing that. Fuck you. Motherboards really that expensive now? Oh, yeah, motherboards get stupid. You you remember last week talk about the Jace Two Cents thing? Yeah, okay. Are stupid, stupid prices for dumb crap on motherboards that should be there anyway. Yeah, top of mm. line or it can be if you get like the stupid top of the line, then it could be between six and seven hundred bucks. Mm. Yeah, no, I'm not paying that much money for. A no, I didn't either. No, I'm not. <laughs> I would like to build another computer, though, that lasts, uh, you know, what is this, eight, nine years, however long this stupid thing. It won't die. No, don't say that because I don't I can't afford it dying right now. Um, yeah. So, I, like I said, I'm I'm trying to trying to raise the funds, save the ducats in order to get myself a computer. I'm, I'm guessing at the end of the year, I'm trying to wait also until that raise thing kicks in, too, before I start. <clears throat> got to blow the money, you know, right as soon as I get it. Right. Sure. Uh, Ah, I got a raise. Never noticed because I blew the money on lottery tickets. And yeah, uh, that's how uh, poor people work. But the, <laughs> right, exactly, yeah. Um, but I do want to make a kind of an announcement for folks out there. So first of all, I'm not going to mention person's name because I don't want to do any sort of embarrassment if he doesn't want it mentioned. If he does want it mentioned, I can because he deserves it. But they got a five hundred dollar, well, the equivalent of a super chat on Friday which was fantastic. So thank you very much for that. But that reminds me that on the Rumble side, if you're watching on Rumble, 100% of the money that you super chat uh, was a Rumble rant or memberships for all of 2023 goes to the creator. Rumble keeps zero. How do they make money? I, I think it's, right now, I think it's just advertising, advertising, advertising. They're pulling people over and, you know. Oh, it's an enticement. Yeah. It's a seduction. You know what? You seduce me with a hundred percent. So exactly. right? <laughs> See Twitch, which I only use for the purposes of highlighting. Otherwise I wouldn't even bother with it. Takes 50%. Yeah. And then it's taxed. Yeah. YouTube takes 30%. Well, when we don't get limited ads and then it's taxed and rumble takes 0%. Well, it's taxed, but you know, right. <laughs> Uh, yes, actually, PayPal is another great option to tithe, but I'm talking for the folks who like to donate Super Chats. The only only negative thing about Rumble uh, with the Rumble rants is it doesn't tie into StreamYard, so I have to pay attention. You know, we still read them off, but uh, it's not going to show up on this screen. Right. But there you go. Um, if you guys, I can put the, actually, I will do that. I'm going to put the link for you folks to the Rumble channel, because if you're not a follower there, 
maybe you could be. Yeah, may as well. I mean, you don't have to give money, but follower yeah. there is going to help. I mean, we'll accept the money. Um, yeah. So let me put that into. Oh, but no, 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 no. You at least not yet. YouTube is still thirty seventy. The last, well, last I heard. I mean, I'll check it out. But uh, if YouTube did change it to, I, I can look. I, I can look at what the split is. But uh, anywho, plus you can back us on Rumble and you know uh, support a little bit more free speech in case anything ever happens here <laughs> on the old YouTube, because YouTube's going after a few larger creators right now simply for talking about one subject. And they're even going... Say it. Say it. Dylan Mulvaney. There you go. Mulvaney. Um, the, uh, they're, uh, they're going after even people who are defending Dylan Mulvaney, so... Uh, let's see. Uh, talking about membership so far, 28th of April is the members only live stream. As I've said uh, in the Friday Chill stream, I'll say here again, that is your time. Your time! We don't go in there unless we've got an announcement, which I can tell you right now, I don't have any announcements. Yet. Maybe I'll have one later this week, but I don't right now. So uh, we'll be coming in there and staring blankly at you until you ask us a question. And Heathen Dog is really good at staring blankly at people. Yep. Yeah, mid March. All the time. Mid March bumped up to 40. I'll take a look at that. Because, I mean, that, that's more impetus to move over to Rumble more full time. <laughs> I'll stop promoting YouTube and just promote Rumble. Again, the only thing that Rumble, uh, uh, that YouTube and Twitch give me are integrations. At this point, the integration into Discord, the integration into StreamYard, that's the only thing that it gives me. Outside of that, if I have to, I don't want to. If I have to, I can relearn OBS and go back to using that and pull up the chat that way use restream or something but anyway um i mean obviously you guys are going to use whatever platform you want to want to use because i mean what for well over a year i've been saying i'd rather use gilded than discord and everybody's like too bad we don't want gilded we want discord all right um all right so anywho but check that out on the 20th of april that'll be during the friday night chill stream time from at 6 p.m central standard time and come on in with questions comments suggestions concerns whatever you've got and uh, we'll address them it can be, I mean, it's an AMA. It's, it can be personal. It can be Legion Myth related. It can be whatever. So, uh, after this, oh, no, no. Actually, let me skip to this one because they're out of order. Also, if you want us to talk about something on the Friday Night Chill stream, that I have a forum on our Discord called Reactions. It's a forum, not, not a, a channel. And the reason is because channels, items get lost. Well, so, in the den. Yeah, well, right. I mean, I'm not going to go back and do all types of search for terms that people use and so forth. I'm not working to get it. But if it's something worthy, Malachi has been po uh, posted a few really good ones that we've actually talked about on the uh, Friday Night Chill stream. So just do me a favor. Label the topic, not, hey, Max, look at this. That's not a good label for, <laughs> for uh, title it, what it's actually about. But if you do that, uh, you know, if it really is meaningful, I'll, uh, you know, We'll look at it for Friday Night Chill Stream. And if you're not sure if it's meaningful, most of you have access to Insanity on the internet. You can post it there first. I'm like, oh, that'd be a great one for Friday Night Chill Stream. Then you can move it over. But, uh, and then finally, after today, which I should probably have set that up but, uh, for the forwarding. After today, I will be on, or after today's stream, I will be on GM's Elcove's channel playing Pathfinder 2 again. 
Some of you came by, I think, last week. wasn't It wasn't as much going on last week, but today, uh, today I think there's going to be some shenanigans. So if you want to come by and see shenanigans on uh, on uh, the GM's Elcoves channel, I'll add it to the stream here in a moment, so that it automatically forwards to uh, to there when this stream's over. And watch me role play and make fun of it. Go for it. By the way, I don't keep chat open while I'm playing because it would distract me, but uh, I'll read it after the fact. And GM's Elcove does save the stream, so you can watch it uh, later on, and I can watch you heckling me at that point. So. Yes, Max is playing a puzzle game. Shut up. <laughs> so, uh, all right, uh, I had one more announcement, but I forgot what it was, and I lost that note card, so that is it for all of my announcements. As for anything else going on, my week was boring. And, um, yeah, yesterday I did yard work and I didn't like it. It's fair. Oh. All right. Um, I guess. Oh, let me get, let me get this thing. Go ahead and, and regale them with, uh, with tales of interest while I add, uh, Jim's alcove to the YouTube thing and then I'll get us going. Okay. Tales of interest. Let's see. Um, Oh, the the uh, Splugorth Blind Warrior Women. Now, I'm not going to get into them a whole lot. I'm going to touch on them because everyone likes them. But uh, they're, they're, they're a race comprised of only women, no men. And they reproduce by creating an ectoplasmic cocoon around them. And when the cocoon opens, there's two warrior women, the original, and then a carbon copy that's two levels lower. Oh, that's how they reproduce. Even the Splugorth don't understand the process. It just happens, but they don't care because they get them right away and start indoctrinating them. But uh, yeah, that's uh, that's how. The, so uh, my when when I said uh, you know I I took a warrior woman with me, she didn't. She's a she's a Barbie doll down there. I, there's nothing I can do about that. But yeah, there's there's other ways. There's other stuff, you know, everybody eats, everybody poops. There you go. Where does it come out then? Sorry, what? Where does it come out then if she's a Barbie doll? Well, with, with the front side. Oh, she doesn't have any, you know, there's a second part to that front side. Oh, here. No, 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 no. Like, uh, how, how, how how does she urinate? Oh. Just a hole. Just a hole. I don't ask her. She doesn't tell. Oh, okay. okay. That. <laughs> that's that's a little, little too personal for a, a blind warrior woman. Nah, I'm not getting into that. Okay. Fair enough. When you go to the bathroom and close, no, not through the skin. I would have. <laughs> I would have noticed that smell. It's like, what is that smell? She's like, I don't know. She's blind. I mean, her other senses are like daredevilish, right? So that would not be good for her either. That that would be a, that that would be a bad bad evolutionary step maybe maybe she's like a bird and she pees and poops out of her one out of the butt maybe that's how it works huh uh with that i'm gonna turn on my ceiling fan <laughs> i'll be right back okay move move that smell around that's good stuff where's the abandoned chat button yeah uh, fair enough hello michael watts all right it's getting a little warm in here so Okay, uh, are we ready to start segment one? All right, so let me get everything set up here. 
Gotta slide this over. You also slide over. You come with me. All this work just to show a book. And you've got chat. Oh, I have to go through our proclivities. Yeah, you can't do segment one. I gotta oh tell people. Oh my god, we're in trouble. I gotta thank people. There we go. I want to thank all the folks who are here today watching us on the Rumbles and on uh, YouTube, which apparently is now taking more of my money, which I will find out more about later. <laughs> so thanks to all the people who donate on Rumble. You you actually appreciate the value of a dollar. There we go. But uh, your gracious donations help provide giveaways. They're probably, well, I guess our next one will probably be at 5,000. I don't see anything really special coming up before then, but if something special happens, maybe. Uh, produce more content and generally give back to Legion Myth community as a whole. We have over 4,200 YouTube subscribers. Uh, subscriber bump has kind of dropped this last week, but you know, that's normal. And, uh, but we are thankful for each and every one of you. Check the description below for the links of various Legion Myth sites, social media, Discord, merch, etc. Have not been selling any shirts at all to anyone for like this entire year, I think. Wow. <laughs> I think I'm I think I have to jump on that train a little bit more and be like, hey, we got stuff. Or maybe design some more shirts. I don't know. I don't have time for that. All right. Today, for segment one, we've got two topics to talk about. We're going to go over equipment. It'll be pretty quick for this. Uh, the point of this is uh, we're still in the character creation process. Or we started off doing the stats, then we looked over the classes, then we went through the backgrounds. Now we're going to look at what kind of equipment you can get for the character, in a general sense, go over a couple things, and then uh, and, and that one. And then we're going to jump into adventuring, which is kind of, we'll consider that the framework uh, for the rules of playing the game outside of combat. Things like hirelings, um, how time and movement work and so forth in the game. And the next week will be our last week in Hyperborea and it'll be all about combat. I hope that isn't five and a half hours like the character creation one was, but <laughs> we'll see, uh, you know, see how deeply we dive into the combat. I don't think it'll be that deep, but uh, there we go. That is our plan. So today, right now, we are going to start with the equipment. And of course, we've got to remind you that we believe that role-playing games should take place in fantastic worlds. The focus of the game should be on role-playing and having a good time. Core values of hashtag RPGate and any good tabletop group are escapism, not representation, entertainment over activism, natural, organic inclusion, not forced diversity. I think slowly we're winning on this. You know, you've got, you got a few weirdos on Twitter still spouting off some stuff, but I haven't seen, maybe it's because I'm not going to Twitter. That could help. Yeah, I'm that not, really helps in, uh, in ignoring Twitter, is yeah, ignoring Twitter. But I'm not, I'm not seeing a lot of the same shenanigans pop up, uh, at least, uh, you know, when people post stuff on our Discord. So maybe they're calming down about this. I don't know. Oops, I uh, got to get the other slide up. Boom, there we go. The charity we support is the Wounded Warrior Project, a national nonpartisan organization whose mission is to honor and empower wounded warriors. So you can uh, click on that little QR code or go to that link. It's in the description below. It's where you can make your hopefully tax-deductible donation. and. Boom. We've got our schedule Sundays and Fridays. We've got tabletop game material. Tabletop game. I didn't want to say top topics. That just sounded weird. It's almost like hot topics. Yeah. Uh, but we, have, we talk about tabletop games on Sunday. Like today, we talk about the actual games and what goes on in the actual games. On Friday, we talk more about the hobby and as a, have a panel of guests that discuss things from the, the hobby as a whole to 
how we do certain things in our games and so forth. So it's everything from education to opinion. And we love it. On Thursdays and Saturdays, Heathen Dog streams with the Dirty Casuals and plays, well, it's going to say role-playing games, but no, you play uh, Dungeons Dragons online right now, except everybody apparently stood you up this week. Yeah, it was, well, not everybody, but. What well, happened with that? Why did you uh, get stood up? Uh, Garthon was called into work. And Mar Hawkman had told me a couple days earlier that he had a family thing he had to go to. Oh, okay. And up until, f- you know, four minutes before airtime, Sheriff's was no show. So it was just me. Uh, like um no <laughs> <laughs> can't solo a raid no <laughs> oh <laughs> solo this is leroy <laughs> jenkins this shit noob <laughs> oh. and then on saturday we're playing uh mech warrior online and i get to join in there and be a casual yeah we actually did really well uh so we, we did surprisingly well number one garthon didn't kill another pilot that was good that was a bonus mm-hmm. and no, number two uh there was one uh mission that was pretty damn hairy that uh skin of our teeth action i had uh no arms and a, and a single pulse laser and you had what i had uh no arms and no, no i had one large pulse laser oh one large pulse laser and we we beat like three people it was great mm-hmm. well three ais but it counts <laughs> they're, they're almost people well, nowadays you don't know who's controlling that ai they could be it's a true yeah. underdog story yeah, um, it, it, it was it was fun. Um, Garthon destroyed my awesome. He shot you in the. I, I shot him in the back once. Yeah, no, no. Uh, so what happened was, this Heathen Dog's computer crashed or whatever. Uh, we lost connectivity, and when we jumped back in, we're everybody's in a different mech. <laughs> yeah, well, you and you and Garthon had switched mechs because yeah. the way you left the game and the way you entered the game was weird to the game. So that's what yeah. happened. All right, so you can watch that kind of shenanigans and uh, blown up stompy robots and apparently, I don't know, killing beholders or whatever they do in Dungeons Dragons online. And of mm. course, this is a live stream podcast discussion, not a concise step-by-step tutorial. You can see the rest there. Please like, subscribe, share, 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 share. Especially if YouTube, if YouTube is really taking 50% now, that's just, what's the point? Send it all, man. No, don't do it. Okay, so let's get this on the screen and let's actually start talking about Hyperborea. Enough for the introductions. Do it. Doing it. Boom. Look at that, Hyperborea. And what are we going to talk about today? We are going to talk about equipment. So let's see where that is. Oh, that's a lot of pages for equipment on page 134. I thought I could click that. Oh, I guess I can't. So 134 and I'll be pretty... Hey. Hey! 34. Here we go. Equipment. Again, we're not going to go through every piece of equipment here. We're just going to talk about what's there and discuss some of the notable stuff. That That is really it. So you're at this point in character creation process. We've got your background. You know what class you are. You know what your stats are. Now it's time to pick the stuff you want. So using your character's initial 3 to... 3? 30 to 180 gold pieces. So 3d6 times 10. You may equip your character, or you may opt to use the starting packs. If you remember, when we did character creation, I did it only on the first one, but we showed what a starting pack was. Mm-hmm. And that's a way of saying, you know what, I just want to jump into the game, or the starting pack is good enough for me, I don't want to have to think about all this buying and so forth, get me going, just give me my armor, give me my weapon, give me a couple of trinkets, and let's move on. So money, platinum piece are at the top. Now, for some people, it's just like every D&D game. Yeah, but maybe somebody's new. So copper pieces, those are your pennies. 
No, I haven't seen Electrum in a long time. Nobody ever yet. Well, I don't know about this game, but even in D&D, I, I injected Electrum a lot. People are like, do you have to? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I do. Practice your math. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because in, in D&D, or at least the version we played, Electrum was a 50 cent piece. <laughs> so you had a penny, a dime, a 50 cent piece, a dollar, and a five dollar bill. I think I think in most of them though is 10 10 10 10 but I could be wrong. Here, well let's see what it is here. Gold piece is pretty much a standard, right? So it's sure. five five platinum to a gold piece. One one gold to one gold of course. Okay. Yeah, one to two electric so it is. It's 50 cents. Yeah, so it's a 50 cent piece. And then you got your dime. Oh, now this is different though. Is that it? Uh can No, that's like two that's like two pennies. Wow. So when somebody says, I'm throwing you my two cents, they're only giving you one copper now. They're giving you one copper. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. So uh, that's the tweak on this one. I bet you a lot of people just say one to a hundred. But uh, all right. Yeah. Coin weight. You know what? What happens when you carry all of that stuff? Well, let's find out. You I have know to wear that... a diaper. What's that? You have to wear a diaper. <laughs> that's for elemental coins. Um, all right. That keeps your genitals warm. Why does this matter? Why don't I just skip this part? Because I think this is an underused thing in a lot of tabletop role-playing games. Now, if you're playing an abstract game, then don't worry about this. But if you're playing a game that's an old-school-style game, this is something that actually needs to be considered. How do you carry 10,000 gold pieces? Carefully. Okay. Carefully, there you go. Most minted coins are between 2 and 3 pennyweight size, so a single coin weighs about 1 one-hundredth of a pound. So what's that tell you? If we do our math backward... We say, oh, so 100 coins is one pound. Pretty simple. When considering coin stowage, 100 coins is about one pound of weight. Oh, look at that. I already did the math before I even read the sentence. Note that heavy coins may have multiplied values. For example, a treble weight gold piece would have a three gold piece value and so on. I don't tend to get probably wouldn't do that just because like, oh, no, no, no. It's, it's not the regular gold piece. It's the special commemorative R2-D2 gold piece that weighs, you know, three times as much yeah i wouldn't do that i i I don't tend to do this i get it don't get me wrong i i get it because it's good to say well what's this in gold weight you know when you get the little scales and so forth going on but for me at one point at some point i gotta just make it look it's that's 20 gold pieces move on yeah i mean i i don't i don't want to play a trader game you know I don't want to have to bring out my scales every every time i go to the market like no no i don't want to get screwed over in the conversion or whatever like come on man so moving on from coins, let's now talk about armor and shields. Obviously, armor is what protects you from attack. And we'll talk more about that uh, next week. Light armor takes one to three minutes or six to 18 rounds to put on. So if you're not, I sleep in my armor all the time. Well, then you have a very bad night of rest. Yeah, you're not going to get rest. You're going to get a rash, chafing, infection. It's gonna it's gonna be bad. After after a few days, you get the you get the sweat that's built up, and you get uh, swamp uh, torso. <laughs> swamp and torso. It's gonna get it's gonna get real weird real quick. Medium armor takes one to six minutes, and heavy armor takes ten minutes or one turn uh, in the game. And we'll get into what turns and so forth are in the next video. Unless you're the king. Well. No, they, they have, he has like three servants to put on his armor while he stands there and drinks. Still, it still takes that amount of time. I think this assumes that, doesn't it? Uh, armor types presumed to include suitable limb protection. Uh, if you... 
but it's maybe ha oh the above rates may be halved with assistance see there you go so what do we have here armor class nine now again we are going to talk more about that next week armor class nine is nothing <laughs> that means you are naked why why nine because it goes with the the combat matrix math oh okay when we covered Hyperborea 2nd Edition, see, we already know the answer to this. But 2nd Edition, this was the only place you could find it. <laughs> movement rates. When we're, How do we find movement rates? It was only with the armor. Thank God the 3rd Edition put that in a couple other places. But uh, you've got damage reduction. But let me start at the beginning. So your armor class is 9. That pretty much means a uh, person's going to hit you. Armor class 1, yes, lower is better. This is an old school game where lower is better. We'll look at the combat matrix. You'll understand it. Nice and simply later. Uh, armor type. But I want something that's mixed. Okay, fine. Wear something that's mixed and just figure out the numbers as your DM says. Or referee says. Cost. This is how much it costs. If you want padded armor, it's 10 gold pieces. If you want full plate mail, it's 2,000 gold pieces. Hey, heathen dog, how much is that in weight? 2,000 gold pieces? Huh. Is that like a... Wait, it's half. So is that what, a 1,000 pounds? No, it'd be a 20 pounds. 20, oh, 20, I'm sorry. One, one, one to 100. One to 100. Yeah, I, I, I forgot the exchange. 20 pounds of gold for a full plate armor. How much is that? Like 50 pounds at least? Uh, Well, it says weight is 60 pounds right there. Oh, you know, 60, I should, okay. I'm sorry. I, I should zoom in on that. You get, yeah. You, oh, I can see it now. <laughs> there you go. My bad. She told me. No, it's all right. It's all right. So, yeah. Uh, well, then, you know, I'm getting more weight. It's got to be good, right? There, well, yeah, so it has a damage reduction of two. That means any time you take damage, two points of that damage is instantly taken off. Okay, yep. so I can deal with that. Hold on, let me roll a die. I don't even care what die I pick. I'm just picking one. I just somehow did 14 points of damage to you. Well, actually, I only did 12 because you were wearing field plate. The weight of it is 50. Now, why does that matter? Because you have an encumbrance rating based on your strength. That's a lot of weight. It is. It is weight class is heavy, which is going to have some meaning in a little bit. And then movement. Now, if you're wearing heavy armor, your movement is cut in half. Notice your base move is 40. Mm -hmm. uh, wear light armor, that's fine. You're still moving at 40. Wear medium armor, you're moving at 30. And wear heavy armor, you're moving at 20. That is I like going that, to... Uh, that the encumbrance equals the same line as the damage reduction. When well, the encumbrance goes from light to medium, medium to heavy, that's when the damage reduction also increases. Okay, fair. Yeah, well, I, I think it's just based on, yeah, the light, medium, and heavy, yeah. Uh, we're not going to read through what all this chart means. We already kind of did that. Uh, let's see. Let's pick one armor. Uh, which armor do you want to see? I'll Banded. Banded. So AC4. Uh, articulated metal bands worn over or laced through a suit of light chainmail. Felter soft leather padding is worn underneath. Yeah, don't try to stack armor. Bob. No one likes that. It's not good. It already has padding underneath it. Yep. Otherwise, you'd be wearing metal in your skin, and that is not comfortable. Again, rashes, infections. It's all bad. Correct. All right. Uh, anything else? Uh, shields. Shields improve armor class versus blows and missiles. All right. Most shields are of hardwood covered with leather or animal hide, bossed and edged with iron or steel. Less commonly, some are crafted entirely of metal. That'd be heavy. Shields reduce, which means improve, armor class. Remember, lower armor class is the better. We just saw that up here. Yep. 
Armor class one is better than armor class nine. And when we go through the combat matrix, you'll see how that works. It's really simple. Don't stress over it. Don't go, oh, this is why don't we play old school games. No, it's really simple. Uh, however, this bonus does not apply to attacks from the rear per referee discretion. And yeah, that makes sense. So small shield costs five gold, weighs five pounds, and adds a plus one. Okay. It should say I get defense modifier, flip it, it becomes a minus one to your AC. I really wish that would be a minus one, but okay. A defense modifier shields provide AC bonuses, reducing, improving AC. The say minus one. <laughs> that's just a that's a nitpick. Anybody who plays the game understands, but if you're a first-time player, you might look at it. Well, why did it raise by one? It actually Anything didn't. Plus is considered bonus. It's not yeah. add. And you know, it looks like a plus sign. It actually means bonus. Uh, I'm sorry. There's some rumble chat going on. I'll, I'll get back to the rumble chat when we go through chat. Um, shield descriptions, large and small. We already read enough of that. Let's see. Now we go into weapons. You can buy weapons. Uh, do, do, do. Oh, this matters. What is weapons this? class? Okay. It's basically the size of the weapon. You remember playing Earth Dawn, where weapons had sizes? Sure. By the way, I said Earth Dawn. Drink. This is similar, but it's broken under three categories. Uh, weapon class zero to three is within attacking people within five feet. Sure. Weapon class four and five within ten feet. Weapon class six is within twenty feet. So let's see what we'll pick one of each weapon class to give you guys an idea of what it is. Range is for if you're throwing stuff or if you're shooting stuff. Sure. Uh, pretty common modifiers here that you'll see across, you know, especially modern gaming. Short range, no penalties. Medium range, minus two to hit. And long range, minus five to hit. Now remember, minus doesn't mean subtract right well, away. It, it could, just means the opposite of a bonus, which is a detriment. Just means yeah. a... My, uh, two detriment, five detriment. Yeah, this this would in this it case it would be a minus five, minus, but yeah. And then we look at some weapons. Um, let's do, do battle axe first. Okay, battle axe, hand battle. So that's weapon class two. So that's the opponent must 10 be within feet. ten feet. Yep. It only costs ten gold, which is pretty cool, but it weighs five pounds. That's that's well, uh, that's not a lot. It's, you know, it is a lot. Yeah. And it does 1d8 damage. Now, why does it have a 1d10 here? I don't wow. know. Let's find out. Uh, Probably says up above here. Damage. There nope, we go. Nope, right nope. there. The hit point damage, uh, the hit points of damage a weapon inflicts. Some weapons have a second damage range noted in parentheses. If such a weapon is used with a shield or an offhand weapon, oh. the first... Oh, so one it's hand, one or two-handed. Two yeah. yeah, okay. One hand, two-hand. Okay, got it. That's cool. I actually like that uh, he added that to a battle axe. I think that makes sense. Because if you go all dwarven with the two hands, then, yeah. you know, you're going to slice somebody in half. All right, let's look at a... Uh, that was a, what, uh, weapon class one or two? two? Let's look at a weapon class... Whoa, this is weapon class four. I didn't see a four up... Oh, wait, yes, I did. Yes, I did. I'm sorry. It's we got to go backtrack. Is there a six? We got to backtrack. I yeah. want to know. Zero oh no, it's still within five feet. Weapon class yeah. two is still within five feet. You got to go to four to get to ten feet, and right? Six to get to fifteen or twenty. That's that's why I came back up here to correct yep. what I said a moment ago. So it is yep, within I, five feet still. So yeah, we, we need we, we four or five. Pike. Yeah, four or five. All right. So we've got a great axe. There you go. 
But uh, let's move to something more interesting. Halberd! And then it's got all types of squiggles and stuff here. Uh, does that explain up here, or does it explain... No, it's, uh, it means it has... Uh, does it say it up here? Nope. I bet you it says it below. It's alien script. It's gonna so be like se setting against a charge and... No, it's the Illuminati. That's what it is. <laughs> where, where is that defined? Oh, here it is, over here on the side. So, let's, which one did I stop on? Uh, uh, Halberd. Halberd, okay. So it's a, it's a plus, a carrot up, and a, and a hashtag. <laughs> pound. A pound, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, a plus means a true two-handed melee weapon must be wielded with two hands. Okay, so if you're using a halberd, you must use two hands. Yep. Got it. Okay, what's the, wussies. what's the up carrot? Double damage dice, apply modifiers Ooh. after, when set to receive a charge. All right. Okay, okay, okay. And what's the last pound. one? Right below it. Pound, okay is weapon has a four and six chance to dismount a rider on a natural 19 or 20 attack roll it's heavy i get it that's one two three or four if you roll a d6 and get a one two three or four you have dismounted that uh person riding awesome all right now let's find a let's find a, a six gotta find at least a six i don't oh, see there's a pike oh, wait, there wait. it is right yep. Pike's kind of boring do we have anything better i than told a pike? you it was gonna be a pike i told you yeah, that's the only one. The too. only one that's a six. Yep. All right, let's look at the pike. Well, the pike has a plus and an up carrot, which we already know what that means. The plus is true two-handed weapon. I mean, look, it's how long is it? It's like forever it's like, long. It's it's at least ten feet long. When you least. hold the pike, it bends a little bit. I mean, come yeah. on. So, uh, and uh, what was the up carrot? Double damage, right? Double damage yeah. uh, when receiving a charge. When receiving charge, yeah. There you and go. Twelve pounds. Yeah, it's, it's also very heavy. Pretty cheap though, because most of it's wood. Yeah, D8 it does a D8 damage, but you know you, you don't use it unless someone's cavalry is coming to stomp you down. So it's actually <laughs> double that. Yep. And again, you can see the rest of the weapons on here, and you can look to the side to find out what their special attributes are. Um, got some nice drawings in case you don't know what a weapon should look like. I do like it when books do this. I know people like to say, I know what a battle axe looks like. Well, you know, whatever. I, I still like it when I put stuff in here to give you an idea. Helps you picture your character in your head. Yeah. So, okay. Let's, uh, what's next after weapons? Um, well, and lots of weapons. This would be the, the survival stuff. Here we go. Missile weapons, actually. Oh, missile weapons. That's right. I forgot. Boomerang. Boom. Oh, I love a boomerang. The okay. dumbest weapon ever. That's also the awesomest looking. And I mean, it works. should be the awesomest to use. But no, it's just garbage. Well, unless you're an Aborigine, it's, you probably... Nobody really understands how they were yeah, used. No, no, nobody really understands how a boomerang really works. <laughs> Seriously. Like, boomerangs come back. Actually, no. The, the, the ones used for combat, sometimes they don't. Yeah, you have to throw it a certain way for it to come back, too. Yeah. So, All right, uh, anyway, I yeah. do like bolas, though. Bola is a weapon that I like to have on me. Yeah, just reminds me of dumbass Ewoks. Yeah, uh, you know, see, you ruined bolas for me. There it is. I mean, yeah, it's the, it it's the way it works, man. Come on. <laughs> you know, I'm going with the lasso now. Go for it. Go for it. That's the awesomest weapon. Oh, wait, it does no damage. That's right. When I when I played my Priest of Lyra in my last second edition AD&D game that I was in, my lasso was awesome because we used the ninja, the combat rules from the ninja's handbook. You're right. It did no damage, but it gave everybody in the group a plus four to hit. That's really great. Yeah. I don't think I this one does that. 
Yeah, you probably. I don't know what the rules are here. Well, but you know what? How about this? We'll look at we'll look at lasso or net because because uh, that's one of the things that nobody ever uses. However, if you're a gladiator, you learn how to fight with a net. Sure. So, all right, damage on here. Yeah, lasso. You're right. You're absolutely right. Does no damage. It's just got a nice slash there, but it's got a twenty foot range. Yeah, but it can be beaten with a rock. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. There you go. Uh, all right. Does it have any uh, lasso? Has no little nomenclature. Let's no. look at something that has a little arrow. Even a rock has an arrow thing. Well, let's well, look at the let's look at the bola. Bola okay. has an arrow. What's that arrow? Strength damage adjustment applies. Oh, okay. Oh, strength damage adjustment applies only if draw weight is adjusted for the arch. Okay, so that's gonna be for bows. Right. That's for that's for bows and uh, and crossbows and stuff. If you have it tuned to your strength, then yeah. your strength counts. That if you don't, then it doesn't. That I've seen that actually cause a lot of arguments at a D and D table. I understand. Uh, you know, people are like it should count in because the rules say. Well, you know, if the bow isn't built for you, let's just do. So I'm glad he's got rules for it here. It says if there you go. Now you can make the decision. Did you buy it adjusted to you? Maybe it costs a couple extra gold. Maybe it takes an extra week for you to find it or whatever. Well, with a with a crossbow that has a usually it, there there is a, even in the old ones they have a manual adjuster thing where you, you 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 can adjust to a point the uh the draw strength of the crossbow but a, a regular bow no that has to be almost completely redone restrung. i don't know a lot about archery when it comes to that the main thing i know is that there aren't compound bows in in the the way we envision them right now you know with like 14 pulleys and so forth that yeah. uh look it's 150 draw weight <laughs> yeah yep um all right so uh we were gonna look at what uh no we weren't blowgun simple reader bola. wooden pipe you want you want the bola yeah we already saw what that uh thingy was okay a bola strikes a smaller medium target the victim is rendered prone unless an avoidance saving throw is made if a natural 20 is scored then no avoidance saving throw is allowed you're just falling on you your did. butt yep you're caught good job also the target's neck is struck causing <laughs> what Hold on, hold on. Let's go back for a second here. If a natural 20 is scored, no avoidance saving throw, so you fall on your butt and yep. your neck is struck. Your neck. Causing and 1d3. 1d3 per round unless yep. a great helm is worn. A master bola hurler can achieve the same result on a natural 19 or 20. That's a Breaking 10% chance. The bola, you know, stopping yourself from dying requires 1d2 rounds and a test of strength or dexterity. A small blade may be used to cut free, but it takes 1d4 rounds because you can't just start stabbing around your neck and hope that it's going to work out. You're just going to kill yourself faster, so you got to be slower and careful. But uh, you're you are you're taking at least <laughs> 1d3 hit points of strangulation damage if a natural 20 is scored. And what does a wizard start with for hit points? I'm assuming it's a d4. Yep. Yeah. So there's a 75. Yeah, well, there's about a 50-50 chance that you're just going to die. If you're a wizard. First level. All right. Well, again, we've got weapons here. Now, oh, uh, Net. Where's Lasso? Net, Lasso yeah, right there. there. It was right there. La yeah, but here's Lasso. Lasso's got a lot of stuff to it. Loop rope. We know what Lasso is. Mm -hmm. Okay, an attack. Okay, here we go. The lasso is made of stiffer weighted ropes that the noose stays open when cast. The following yep. steps apply. An attack roll must be made. Well, that's okay. normal. Yep. If successful, the target is allowed an avoidance saving throw to escape. Okay. Like yep. If the save fails, smaller, medium-sized victims are prone for as long as the lasso exerts pressure. 
Okay. That's cool. That's very similar to what, uh, I don't know what the bonus is here for being prone. Probably find that out next week, but just remember, yeah. Uh, prone large creatures made prone only if the lasso is on horseback or if some other significant leather leverage is enjoyed. Okay. You know, hanging up, trying to do that. I don't know if I would count that, but, um, if a lasso rolls a natural 20, then no void saving throws loud, and the target is strangled for three damage per round. There it is. Hey, at least he's consistent with the armor or with the with the rules. I mean, everything of this is still the same. Breaking free, actually breaking free is the same as well. So there no, you go. It only takes one D2 rounds yeah. if you're using an extraordinary feat of strength or dexterity. Alternatively, a small blade with one D4. See, you need an extraordinary feat than a uh, as opposed to a regular feat yep. of strength. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, it's right there. It's just it's just a yeah, test it's of just strength. A test of strength or dexterity, not extraordinary. Do you so, remember what the difference is? I do not. The difference is is if uh this is what a D12 roll? It's a D12 sure. or D6 roll. I forget. It's in stats. We can look. But this down here, this is the percentage roll. Oh, which this is, is the one that's like four percent. Yeah. Yeah. So so if you don't have a knife, you're boned. Ammunition tracking. I don't want to take care of ammunition. I don't want to play a spreadsheet simulator. Well, it is incumbent on the player to keep track of ammunition. Referee discretion is advised, but a decent rule of thumb for ammunition recovery is three and six chance for all missiles that miss the mark. However, sling bullets shot outdoors are possible to locate. Two, missiles that strike their mark might be subject to breakage per referee uh, discretion. Now, notice this is in a, this is in a, uh, a dark box. And I treat all dark boxes ever since I, I read AD&D second edition. I treat all dark boxes as optional. Yeah, I don't think they're optional. Here. I these, treat all these, dark are, these are game master notes. I understand. I just do. Uh, gear. All right. Uh, do, 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 do. So here's some other gear that you can get. Now, why would you want some of this stuff? Let's just, uh, here, I'll roll. I'm where's my D20 go. I'm going to roll D20 unless you want to roll it. Okay. Uh, I roll 17. So let's go 17 down. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. Why would you want glue? Hey, hey. You Must never hot know. Water. <laughs> you never know what when you need glue until you need glue. All right? You have a knot. You don't, you're not sure how to tie it. It's going to slip. Hey, you got some glue. Just cover the knot in glue. Soak it in glue. Let it dry. There you go. Good to go. And that glue is only going to cost you three copper. Poor horses. Poor horse. Eh, horses got to go. You know, they, they get old. Eh, they, they, they still be useful. It's good. But the, the really good thing about glue is if, uh, is if you're in the lair of the evil wizard. You take all his books and glue the shit out of them. Oh, man. <laughs> That'll piss him off. Even if you die, you still win. That's how that works. <laughs> uh, let's see what else we have. Hemp rope. We have uh, scabbards, spy glasses, tents. You'll notice that the list isn't like, oh my god, exhaustive with like ten thousand things that you can buy. Kind of like some of those equipment books that you get for like Dungeons and Dragons. It's not yeah. necessary because with this, you have enough stuff on here to go adventuring. Number one, at least to get your character started. Remember, we're still technically in the character creation process. Sure. To get your character started. But two, with this, if you really want something weird or outside of this scope, okay, you can compare it to something else and get a price for it. Sure. Yeah, you know, this is where the game master, the referee, has to step up and do his job. 
Uh, now you have clothing. You can buy clothes. Food. Provisions. These are the type of things you'll take with you on your adventure. Sure. Cereal. Nice. Well, yeah. Hey, cereal is great for, you know, traveling across country. Keeps you regular. Uh, religious equipment. Okay. Handpipes. Religious equipment. There you go. Your, your cleric does, doesn't know when to shut up. He's a, he's a Mormon or something, and he keeps... Wow. He keeps trying to convert everyone he finds. Well, that glue's going to come in handy. <laughs> Good for a prank. You 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 glue his holy symbol to his genitals. There you go. While he's sleeping. That'll teach him. Well, we just lost all our Mormon subscribers. <laughs> all right. Livestock, tech, and harness. Now, why would you want to have a bull? Why would you need livestock? Which you know what? Goat. I want to role play a farmer and I don't want, I don't want you to judge me. I'm going to buy a bull. I'm going to buy a cow. I'm going to be a farmer. Well, this more reasonably in terms of this game would be probably because you have a stronghold of some sort. And while I'm not going to get into that, there is a big section in the referee's guide about the stronghold. So Consider this: you're going to want a place of a uh, you know, base of operations, so to speak. You're going to want to be able to feed yourself. You're sure. going to want to be able to. You probably, you know, hopefully, you're going to have people paying your taxes. <laughs> yeah. So think of this as maybe not your first level, no. but uh, was it what level was it when it was a seventh level when the character classes started getting all their strongholdy type stuff? Is it different per class, like plus or minus? I don't, I don't think so. I think, I think everyone was like sixth or seventh level. You can watch the character creation videos. It's in there. But uh, And look, you get sheep. Everybody wants lots of sheep. Well, yeah, you got to get that wool, man. That, that two gold pieces for that sheep, that's going to pay for itself in two oh, years. Oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> the reader may not be told what a goat or chicken is. Are you sure? <laughs> uh, all right. Tack and harness, you know, because you got to control your horse a little bit. Sure. And if you want armor on your horse, you got to get barding. Yeah. Transportation. You know, to carry all of like, I need the sedan chair. Oh yeah, definitely. Carry me. Yeah. But if you want to, if you want to carry your stuff, you know, get to the dungeon, you know, uh, travel across the yeah. land and uh, carry your stuff, because obviously you're going to be encumbered. You're going to want to buy some. You know, what, what's the most expensive one here? A coach four wheel with eight passengers, 500 gold pieces. Well, you don't need that. You need the covered wagon. Okay. Only costs four hundred. You're good to go. No, less than that. Two fifty. Uh, you well, you want it covered. You want yeah, cloth yeah. covering. I mean, come on. You're not a peasant. Yeah, I mean, but it's it's so small. I mean, the eight passenger coach. That's like you know. Yeah, but that's I, not that's not for storage of goods. It's for storage of slaves. I don't. Again, we're playing in a hyperborea world. Uh, that's fair. Th right, those are much. goods. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> Got water and sea vessels, 20,000 gold pieces for an Amazon well, carrot. Again, you know, a, a couple of journeys to port, that'll pay for itself. <laughs> right? Uh, well, that was creepy when I saw that eyeball on there. Yeah. Services, food and drink, I'm not going to go through these. Uh, room and board, obviously this is going to be something sure. you're going to want to stay somewhere. Got the guideline, I mean, you know, every town is going to have the, the wrong side of whatever they call tracks. You know, it's going to be cheaper, but it's also going to be more dangerous. Yep. What's what do you think? Uh, oh, never mind. I thought that was something else. So never mind. 
there we go. That is that is it. So again, it's not a, a crazy large equipment list, but it has all of your needs. If you if you are in need of an item, this has got it. Unless it's really particular because you watch some movie or something, and that's when I tell you this isn't a movie. It's a role playing game. Buy the stuff in the book. No, uh, we we can work something out. Uh, let's let's hit those comments and then those chats. Okay, here we go. Uh, Mobius says, uh, "Bring back the orcs live. Orc lives matter." T-shirts. I can't. They, no, I, 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 that was not me that took him down. Yep. <laughs> that Rudy was not comes me. Up, uh, my big problem with Rumble is that I can't watch your show and read the chat at the same time. Really? Oh. Yeah. There's why. there's something weird about it. Let's see. Again, I do everything on PC. I don't use my phone for anything. But phone oh, and tablet, right. I I do hear. The phone and tablet has some problems, yeah. Okay, yeah. Then uh, we have uh, Pepe. Says he's here today. That's great. Hello, hello, Pepe. Oh, hello. For, have... I, sorry, it's hard for me to read there. Let's, yeah, good, good. See it. Thank you. Yeah. Crafty says coin weight matters because gold equals XP. Mm. If a hoard is found and unprepared, better come up with an ID to bring it all back, which translates to experience. Yes, in in this game, like uh, like old OSR games uh the more gold you get the more experience you get i personally don't agree with that but i un i understand the concept has been around for a while and it's used so uh you're gonna need uh not so much the passenger wagon you're gonna need the cargo wagon to to take your xp to your to your you know brain bank or whatever I'm with Heathen Dog on. I don't like it either, but it's baked into the game, so yeah. I I utilize it if I were to do this. Rockman says only above average in a stat, i.e., thirteen or better, has a chance for an extraordinary success in an extraordinary feat. So if you don't have a thirteen or higher, you're not getting out of that lasso of Does strength it? or dex. You have to have one hold or the on. other. Hold on, hold on. Let this me is what he says. Check that. So, oh, come on. Catch up computer. There we go. So stats. Um strength. Strength. Extraordinary, extraordinary. Well, no, only zero, only three has zero percent. Now, oh, what he's yeah. probably saying is that good luck if you have a strength of eight and your two percent chance of doing it. <laughs> oh, okay. So there is a chance. It's just, yeah. you know, I it's not gonna happen. You're like, I could do it. No, you can't. So test of strength, for example, the lower one, the bolas. Uh -huh. uh, somebody with uh, let's use nine let's use an average you know ten and a half nine to twelve whatever uh, what an an average person would roll a one or a two on a d6 for a test of strength so basically a 33 percent chance sure however that person for an extraordinary feat of strength would be at four percent that's probably not gonna happen 12 percent if that person's a fighter that is a better chance but still i wouldn't bet on that yeah so Okay, so that's not true. You don't have it's it is greater than zero. It's just not enough to bet on. Yeah. yeah. All right. And then we have uh Rex Teal. Uh livestock could also be used for trading. And yes. I read that and I'm like, yes. You 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 go you go to a village, you want you know, you 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 need something from the villagers, but the head of the village says, Well, we don't need your money. What what we need is a new cow. Well, if you want my help, you gotta get the you gotta get the village a new cow. Okay. Then you gotta go now you gotta go buy a cow. You gotta bring it back. Here's your cow. G give me my thing. So yeah. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, I agree completely. And in fact, I think that adds to some good role-playing experiences sure. as well. So. Sure. Especially now you're on an escort mission and 
it's a cow. So good luck. <laughs> uh, on the rumble side, uh, methodical GM says, I wonder how many tables use encumbrance, armor, weapons, gears, coins. It's a fun aspect that might not be used much. It, uh, you know, it's weird. I use armor and weapons. I do. Yeah. I use armor and weapons. I don't, I don't generally use coin weight. I don't because you know, not everyone is trying to carry around 10, 20,000 gold pieces. They're just not, you know, right. they aren't. So I let it go, but you know, I let it go armor, to a point, a kite shield and a, and a halberd. I'm like, what's your strength again? You know, I'm like, are you, can you even stand with that? You know, I get there, but. When somebody's walking around like 17 weapons on his back. Yeah. And, no, you know? sorry, bro. No, yeah. that's not going to work out. I, Number one, um, your, your general dimensions don't support that. Yeah. And number two, you need a strength of 84. So no. <laughs> All right. You know, I, I'm I'm probably a little more particular about it than Heathen Dog. And I'm specifically talking in games like this. And it's because of the fact that I've seen too many players try to pull shenanigans. And I'm the anti-shenanigan DM. So uh, it's something that if, if I always look for how the players are going to try to manipulate crap. So if you're going to try to manipulate stuff, I'm going to I'm going to pay attention to it. But same thing, coin weight, unless you're walking around with like 20,000 gold on you. I, dude, I don't care. You've got a sack of coins. Sure. You know, so. But uh, hello, Shadow and Sun. Hey, I missed that live. I didn't get the notification. I was streaming with Heathen Dog anyway. But uh, yeah, so I. I I didn't catch your live stream, but I saw the video pop this morning. So, uh, anything else on Rumble? Yep, the violence sells everything. Fighter class also has a bonus. To that you're right. Uh, I think I mentioned. I did mention the extra eight yep, percent for the fight. Okay. Yep. Spend Four money in major settlements to buy things you can trade in small settlements. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was talking about. You know, they need a cow. These other guys have a cow. I get them a cow. They give me what I want. And I know it's too late. But Patty's Parlor did say he's got to check out, but he wants us to have an excellent Sunday. So you too, Patty's Parlor, if you watch this later. All right. I think that's it. That's all. That's equipment. That's equipment. I think you're ready. We're ready for adventuring. Sweet. Told you it was going to be and adventuring. Theoretically, adventuring can be short, too. It's not it's not a lot of stuff. So let me get my presentation back up. I might actually make it to James Elkov's game on time today. <laughs> That's a reminder for folks if you don't if you don't know uh, the uh, the live stream when it ends, it's going to push you towards James Elkov's channel. I will be playing in his Pathfinder Two game today, and uh, I don't want to oversell it, but I think today there's going to be some shenanigans. What was I just talking about a minute ago? You were uh, going throw up your slide. Yep, doing that now. All right, for the second part of segment one, we're going to talk about adventuring. Now, what that means is we're going to talk about things like hirelings and henchmen. We're going to talk about movement rates and, rates and time frames. We're going to talk about those things that take place during an adventure, but we're not going to talk about combat. Combat is going to be next week and is going to be its own long segment when we explain the ins and outs of combat. So for now, we, before we get there, though, we got to figure out what is a combat round? How far can you move? What can you do in certain instances? And that's what adventuring is going to be about. Can you take falling damage? Yes, you can. And uh, probably won't spend a lot of time on that. But so, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Forgot. You guys know about hashtag RPG, right? 
No. Because we believe that this is the core values of game. This isn't just like, oh, it's a good idea. These are core values of gaming. Escapism, not representation. Entertainment, we're there to have fun over activism. And natural, organic inclusion, not forced diversity. We do support a charity here if you want to donate. It is to the Wounded Warrior Project, a national nonpartisan organization. So you can click on the little scan me thing there, the little smiling guy. Come on, he's a little smiling nerd. He's waiting for you to take his picture. Nerds want their pictures taken, right? No. Oh. Well, this one does. He's smiling oh. for you with his little buck teeth and everything already. Okay. Uh, and we have, whoops, that's what I wanted to click on. We have our streaming schedule. Sunday and Fridays, we talk about tabletop role-playing games on Friday. It's opinion and commentary about the hobby and what we might do in a game and thoughts and feelings about how certain games and aspects are run. And on Sunday, what you're watching now, or if you're watching later, we do this on Sundays, well, we go over games. We specifically dive into them, give you fundamentals, overviews, deep dives, read-throughs, et cetera, et cetera. And it's all about the games. On Thursday and Friday, oh, Saturday, Thursday and Saturday, Every other day here, Heathen Dog streams with the Dirty Casuals for your mockery and your enjoyment. And you, you guys are still playing DDO, right? For a little while, yes. So they're playing Dungeons and you like the role-playing games? You like Hyperborea? Well, they're playing Dungeons and Dragons online on Thursdays. And on Saturdays, it's MechWarrior 5. I think in the last video I said MechWarrior Online. I meant to say MechWarrior 5, where uh, we shoot up some things in giant stompy robots. Not even going to read it. You can read it yourself. Like and subscribe and share for reading. <laughs> People in chat. It's funny. I start it. All right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so once again, we are talking about Hyperborea, third edition. Uh, 157. Boom. And now... Sorcery. That's, no. that's sorcery. That's not right. I don't want sorcery. You lied to me. Well, equipment ended at sorcery, but we, we're not diving into sorcery. We covered it a little bit when we did the character classes, and then when I forgot the cleric and did that last week. So, adventure. Oh, wow. 248. Hmm. I think it's actually 249. Looks if I can type. Nope, I was wrong. Wow, I was way wrong. Oh, what the hell? That didn't go to the... 249. There we go. I was right. Can't use my well, computer. Apparently. I was right-ish. Execution was poor, but yeah, yes. yeah, you're correct. You're correct. <laughs> do as I say, not as I do. There you go. <laughs> Chapter eight. Adventure. We're gonna we're gonna find out all the fun things that you can do in the game in terms of game mechanics. We are now done creating the character. We got our equipment, everything else that came before that, right? Now, yep. what can we do? Let's find you have to out. Get to that bandit camp. How are you going to get to the bandit camp? Exactly. To, to murder Hobo and steal all their stuff. Let's find out. Well, the first thing you want to do is you want to build your adventuring party. Could you play this as one? Uh, I, I hate the term solo RPG because I don't believe in solo RPGs, but you can cry about that if you want. I just don't. I don't like the idea of solo RPGs. But could you do this one on one? Theoretically, yes. You might want to play a few characters if you're doing that. But you really, you want to have a party. So, the typical adventuring party comprises from four to six player characters. He's nice. I like the old days when it's six to eight. Six is, six is my actual happy medium. Less than that, it starts getting a little eh. More than that, it becomes herding cats. So, I, I, I like six players and me. 
and I do like duplication. I don't know how you feel about this, but I like duplication of class. I like there being two fighters. Well, yeah. I mean, there there are some things you don't need duplicated. Like, you probably don't need two wizards. It's it's going to really, really hurt you in the ground game. And you probably don't need two priests. I, I could see <laughs> well, two Well, I don't know. <laughs> I, I could see two thieves and and uh, and definitely see two fighters. I could see that. Easy. The backup thief when the first one dies. <laughs> yeah, because you know they're disarming traps and you're first level, so you need a backup. Yeah, right. I mean, that just makes sense. Some games might include a dozen or more players. And you know what? I, I will say this. Not my cup of tea, but I respect the people when they come up like, man, I was it Kevin Sambita's like, I ran a game for 30 some people. I'm like, I don't know how the heck you did that. Yeah. But good on you. I don't want to be involved in that. <laughs> So, uh, but I but I like that because to me that feels like it could really have some good world building to it. Normally, each player—I'm sorry, I missed this. All, some games might include a dozen or more players, others, but one player and the referee. That's what I was talking about. For I don't know if that would really be—I don't know I've if that would be a great. Time. I have done it. Yeah, but it wasn't a long-term campaign. It was more like a three-game arc. You really yeah, have to seconds. tailor the game around that. Yeah. Yeah, three sides. I I did it with uh with with Garthon and his uh, mage character. Because yeah, I mean I I've done it before game. in D and D and so forth. It's just for a game like this, for a game like D and D, you really have to tailor the game because you know a lot of those monsters aren't meant to be fought by one person. No, no, they'll just rip you yeah. in half. A well-rounded PC party should include at least one fighter, one magician, one cleric, and one thief, if possible. Those subclasses are also included in that. Sure, these are general. Yeah. Together, the four principal classes are suited to for, uh, suited to face a variety of challenges. Base sure. of operations. Most adventuring parties will meet at and maintain a base of operations in a town or city, such as the city-state of Cormarium. This is where the adventurers can equip themselves with arms and armor and you know, all the stuff that we talked about in the past, right? Last, uh, last video? Yeah. And adventuring I mean, gear. There, there is a reason why a lot of adventurers start in a bar, because above the bar is what? The inn? the inn that's where you're all staying so you don't have a stronghold yet you don't have a stronghold yet you're level one you don't have a stronghold yet you're staying at the inn so that that is your first base of operations the inn you got to upgrade as soon as possible but that's where you live can you do me a favor can you put up the basic experts comment oh sure I, I did back the fancy leather version. Not that I'm better or anything, but I want to let you know, basically, but this is, this is my favorite. I know a lot of people like OSE, but this is my favorite OSR style game. This, this game, hands down, Castle and Crusades is great. OSE, people love it. But this, for me, is my hands down game. But with that said, I want to let everybody know uh, you can follow the basic expert and you can buy cow punchers. I'm doing this because I kind of ribbed on cow punchers a little bit on the Friday Night Show stream. <laughs> Didn't mean to, um, but... You can buy Cow Punchers on DriveThruRPG. It's a Western-style uh, OSR uh, tabletop role-playing game. So check that out. There. Now, now I, feel, I feel better. I've forgiven myself. Uh, <laughs> so adventure preparation. Now, what I like about this game is it does use some old-school things. Where at first you look at it and you cringe. You're like, oh, God, this goes back to what? But when you think about it, it really makes the gameplay move 
this isn't going to be done in your peer. It can be, but it isn't generally going to be done in your peer role-playing experience. If you're a Shauner type player, you're probably not going to be interested in what this game has to offer. If you are a newer player that likes to role-play, but also likes old school feel, then some of this will hopefully tickle that funny bone a little bit there for you. So, but players should prepare and coordinate their characters. Typically, this planning is arranged before the adventure begins, so sometimes necessity dictates it be done whilst the adventure is in progress. Here are some typical adventure preparations. Itinerary. Discuss when and how to go about the adventure. Now, you're probably like, well, isn't that the Game Master's job? No. Where are you going? The Game Master reacts to what you do. Where are you going? You might want to talk with the other people around you. To figure out how you're going to get there. You, were you just going to walk? Well, now, hang on. Hang on. The, it it doesn't, doesn't discuss where you're going because you have a destination or you wouldn't be planning to go anywhere. When and how is completely up to the player. Yep. You can leave whenever you want. You can go on a rickshaw or you can go on a unicycle. I don't care. But you got to decide that. Yeah, equipment determine what special gear might be needed. Think this through. One of the things that I want to say, and I am guilty of this as well, is that I I really feel that a lot of times in modern gaming, adventures don't research and then plan for the adventure. They're just like, burp, 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 burp. oh, look, ruins. Yeah, a, a, a lot of uh, of gamers now don't take into account the terrain ecosystem whatever that they're passing between here and there they just think everything's like fast travel like a video game mm -hmm. no if if you are crossing through what's dubbed the valley of death um you're gonna need some extra stuff you know talk to a guy who's been to the valley of death maybe maybe you need uh, a a certain poultice to help with the poisonous animals that live there or you're crossing a desert gonna need more water buddy you know, you don't well, want to run out of water in a desert. You don't need that. There's also the destination itself. Like, oh, we're going into uh, we're going into a dungeon. I'm just using random dungeon. Okay. Well, and you're probably going to need rope. You're probably going to need rumors. Um, you're going to need rumors. Rumors. That's true. That's true. But I mean, unless you literally equipment. are going in blind, a lot of old school games, especially those West Marches style. I mean, uh, Keep on Borderlands is to me the best example of an old, old game module that utilizes rumors. You get the rumors, find out, oh, the cave, caves have or, uh, ogres in them. Oh, maybe they do, maybe they don't. Rumors might be real, might not be real. You know, you have a list of real rumors, real, some list of fake rumors, but you start to get an idea for it. Like, it's funny, whether the rumors are true or false, everything in here says it's going to charm me and then eat me. Maybe we should go in there with some protections against charms. Hmm. You know, it's it's a type of research. Well, you know, the thief is, I wouldn't say the thief, the carouser is getting it from the bar. The wizard's going to whatever council library, library in this thing. area. Yeah. Um, the priest is playing and maybe trying to uh, go through some dusty tomes that uh, maybe some, uh, uh, oh my God, um, not merchant. Oh my God. Um, Local clergy? No, 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 no. I cannot believe missionary. Jesus, there we go. Um, some missionaries gone on, you know, experienced whatever. Uh, but this is a part of the game, and this is why I'm kind of harping on it right now. That I really feel, even in my own experience a as a game master, I have not done well. Mm. I could have done better. 
yes, you need to take the time to research it. If you do accidentally stumble across uh, uh, ruins, which can sound interesting, you are going in to something blind. And, you know, you run across, a, a, was it a, a gelatinous cube, a rust monster, and a carrion crawler all at the same time, you're probably not going to get too far. And those aren't high-level creatures. No. But anyway. Spells. Or I'm sorry, I skipped hirelings. Consider hiring a mercenary uh, or specialist. This is something that drives me crazy. I hate this, I hate this, I hate this, but it is so important. Yes. I mean, if, if, your, if your group doesn't have the right class for this job, then, well, you need to hire some talent. You know, because if you go into a dungeon without a thief, you're 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 probably gonna you're probably gonna get screwed if if you if you go into um say uh a wilderness area that you're you're trying to search for something you don't have a ranger or or someone with wilderness scout type capabilities you're gonna have to hire that out or you're gonna get lost you know it, it depends on where you're going all of the, the 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 tools and skills that your party is going to need to survive if you don't have that you got to shore that up with some funds mm-hmm yeah, I, I'm. You know me. I'm. I'm loath to deal with no, you really uh, hate hirelings, but hirelings they, they and henchmen, so forth. But uh, but they are very important. As long as as long as the characters either treat them properly, or the game master says, "Oh, you know what? I'm charging double now because you take your hirelings and just throw them to the wolves." No, people. <laughs> and talk. we'll talk more. What's that? People talk when when you come back with the like Joe's finger. Or yep. they don't talk because every time somebody joins you, it becomes a pilot in one of Garthon's mechs. There you go. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> no, nobody ever comes back. Spells. Select spells best memorized for the start of the adventure. Again, another thing that I think is often overlooked. Now, this game is different than D&D, and I'm not going to go into D&D anecdotes, but, but think about the spells that you have available or you might need and have them ready to go. Maybe you make a scroll or two or you get a scroll or two just to double up on, on a fire protection. If you know, all signs port to uh, uh, portents of fire marching order. Why is this important? Well, establishing a marching order for both wilderness and dungeon. It's this actually speeds up play. Yeah. You don't have we to just, constantly ask af after every single, you know, uh, mile or two or whatever, when an event's going to happen. Okay. What's your order? What's your order? What's, you know, I have the order. It's right here this 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 event happens in the back this event happens in the side the front whatever and the game master doesn't have to constantly guess where your characters are right yeah and so you have that they yeah, again speeds up gameplay you're right standard tactics now this is a good one and, and i'm always reminded of the earth dawn game for this one if you remember eric with his whopper with cheese his yep. double you know, all that stuff well we might look at it and be like okay that's silly because it was but it actually sped up play because i knew what it was yeah. I knew, like, oh, he said, you know, the the quarter pound or whatever, whatever his terms are. I just remember his whoppers, whatever. Uh, the whopper, doing, whopper with cheese, and yeah. double whopper with cheese. Yeah, what, whatever they were. But if, I knew if he was doing double whopper with cheese, he was using all of his karma yeah. and all of his strain abilities. If yeah. he was using the other one, he was going with the strain. If he's using another one, he was going with the karma. And if he's use, if he's just saying, you know what, I think I'm just going to attack, then he kind of forgot all that, realizing that he was hurting himself. But standard tactics you can have those things set up where again it speeds up the gameplay without taking away from the gameplay and then also the game master referee sorry referee in this case doesn't go okay what are you guys doing 
well, you know what we're doing. We do the same thing every time. We go to the door. The two fighters are in front with their shields out. Uh, we got the thief in, in, ready to pokey poke, and we've got the spellcaster going like this. Well, the cleric is on the side going, don't hit me in the face because I need to heal you guys. It, whatever it happens to be, right? And then this is one of the fun ones. These next two are the ones that uh, I don't see anymore ever. First one is the caller. So how this works, generally speaking, I, I've had some people tell me they do, they do it differently, is this. Heathen Dog, myself, who else? Garton and Sheris, and whoever else we've got in the group, we sit there and say, hey, you do this, I think I'll do this. Or, yeah, okay, you know, this is a good idea. I'll do this instead, whatever. And, and we talk it out for a few seconds, right? Mm-hmm. And then Heathen Dog is the caller, says, all right, this is what's going on. Max is going to go around this corner, stand to the side, wait for somebody to come through. Garthon is standing back there with his bow ready to go. The rest of us are going to charge through the door, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. And then you just do it. The, the player game master liaison. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you were going to add more to that. <laughs> no, that was it. I mean, that, that's, that's, that's what it means. I mean, you you have one... You your your group speaks to the game master in one voice, so nothing is misunderstood or goes mm-hmm. you know through the cracks, or someone talks over somebody else and you didn't get the whole thing. Also, one it prevents person... this. Um, um, hold on, hold on. Uh, I think what I'm going to do now is no. You've already decided that. Yeah. Oh. Then there's the M- mapper. Mapper. This is another one, and I'm not going to call out dirt. But there is somebody in our, our community here who will just say that, well, has me blocked in places. Um, I know a lot of you guys like him, but, but it was over something that's re- that revolved around this. I don't give out specific distances. You could pretty much infer what the distances are, although I do tweak them a little bit. So I'll say things like, okay, it's going to be five steps wide by ten steps wide that way. Or it looks to be about... Uh, you know, say it's a bigger room. It looks to be about as far as you could throw a heavy rock. You know, something like that. Well, what is it actually in feet? You don't know until you measure it. Heathen yeah, Dog's been did, in my games. He understands how I do that. Yeah. Did you uh, Did you buy that tape measure? Right. From the store? You did? All right. Then you got five minutes? Yeah, you do? All right. Measure it out. It's fine. Now, with a mapper, that becomes even more fun. Because the mapper can't do specific Okay, 5, 10, 50, 20. Unless you, it's like, would you say it's about 20 feet? Yeah, it's probably a little more than 20 feet. 25 feet? I don't know. 30? No, you're pretty sure it's not 30 feet. So it's going to be somewhere between 20 and 25. Now, if you're doing everything in five foot blocks, we just gave it away. But I don't do that. So uh, I don't like the concept of exact distances. Now, your, your mileage may vary on that one. I find that it leads to things like, okay, I can stand one inch away from the fireball. Well, now you can't because you hope that there's enough space in there for the fireball. But just in case, he and Doug, can you go back down around that corner? <laughs> it might get singed otherwise. I'm a, but, I'm a, I left all the ovens on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go check that out. You're about to feel the heat of it. Now, with well, that I said... I left the ovens on at home. I'm going to go <laughs> that way. <laughs> The player, okay, player uses a sheet of graph paper to map the party's explorations. It is assumed that the mapper's character has the benefit of perhaps a writing stick and parchment because it's supposed to be an in-character, out-of-character thing at the same time. With practice, a skilled mapper will be able to sketch out the dimensions of a dungeon labyrinth as communicated by the referee. Now, it is important to note 
that second sentence. It is assumed that the mapper's character has the benefit of perhaps a writing stick and parchment. That don't make your mapper buy his supplies. You're you're already making a real person draw a map for you. Don't make his character pay money for that crap too. Don't do it. Don't do it. Just assume when he's when he has paper and pen for writing maps. Does he have paper and pen for everything? Maybe not. But whenever he wants to draw on a map, yeah. he's got it. As long as it stays for this purpose, I 100% agree. Yes. Because there's no reason not to. I mean, it might be fun. Like, oh, you got lost in the maze. I get it. I honestly can can see that, you know, if they're not paying attention. But this game is telling you throw the mapper in there. So exactly. Yes. All right. Probably not going to spend as much time on some of the other things, but I really want to get through that because that was this is such an old school way of doing it. But it's it's an old school way that works. It's not just nostalgia here. It's actually a methodology that works. Now, hirelings and henchmen. What are the difference between the two? Well, let's let's find out. Hirelings might be employed to fill out the adventuring party. Hirelings are non-player characters who ideally do not hog the spotlight. That is rule one. This, yeah. If you want to know why Max doesn't like hiring hirelings and henchmen, it's because players abuse them. But... Do not hog the spotlight or take the focus away from the PCs. Rather, they are support personnel. Typically, they do not gain a share of the party's experience points, do not advance in levels, and are paid a modest wage. They're paid up front. Hirelings may be managed by one or more players, typically the player whose character has hired them, sure. or by the referee. No, also, if he, if he agrees, I mean, that's, that's yeah. a, a, just, just another thing you got to juggle in the air, but okay. The charisma attribute affects the affects contracting hirelings and maintaining hireling loyalty oh yeah so, no if 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 all of you have a bad bad charisma and you and your hirelings find the treasure trove and it's a scrooge mcduck type type treasure thing those hirelings are going to look at each other look at you look at each other and go it's worth a shot and stab you in the back and and take all the gold treat them well don't don't treat them like crap not a good idea. Henchmen are classed individuals. Now, if you go back to the character class videos, mm -hmm. you'll see that we talked about henchmen in there. Henchmen are classed individuals who seek out or are sought by sixth level characters and become their loyal followers. Typically, they're of similar class, race, or culture, and they take a more active role than hirelings do because they're more than just hired hands. Okay, th think of it this way. Um, you are Batman. And a hireling is going to be Alfred. He does stuff behind the scenes. He doesn't go out crime fighting with you. He doesn't help you fight the Joker. He cleans the house. He, he, he stitches you up when you're cut. He stays home. A henchman is your Robin. Goes out with you, assists you in the actual crime fighting, take, gets beat up by the Joker a lot, but whatever. You know, more of an active role, but still not quite the spotlight. Yeah, you're going to see that this game says something a little different than what you just said. <laughs> Why? That's well, perfect. We'll, we'll, we'll get to it. Um, so first of all, the hire, hireling reaction to your offer. So roll, roll D12, or C2D6, I'm sorry, and you'll get this reaction. I would modify this reaction Six. based on if you're like paying double the price or, or whatever. You know, if, if, you made, if you made an effort to do something more or something less. I would add a reaction, but that's that's personally what I would do. I got neutral. I got six. 
I got six. So that means further negotiation is required. So yeah, he's, he's on the fence. I got to sweeten the pot. Yep. There you go. I won't kill your wife. What? Yeah. You know what? I'm, I'm in. Idea. Wait a minute. You won't. Well, then I'm out. Oh, I'm out. Oh, <laughs> oh, you want that? Okay. Well, then there you go. Then. Yeah. She's not watching. Um. So here's some common hirelings. Armor bearer guide. You were supposed to be paying attention to something else. Link boy, that does not sound. I don't know. We'll find out in a moment. Uh, Messenger red boy. I don't like that. I don't like that at all. (laughs) Pack handler, porter, stevedore, and teamster. Okay, well, I do want to look at a couple of these because we're gonna. Oh, torch lamp bearer. Oh, a lamp bearer. Okay, okay. All right. One gold piece per day to hold the flashlight in a dungeon where he could get eaten. I don't care. Armor bearer bearer carries weapons and armor. A dungeon armor bearer works for one gold piece a day. So the reason why I said I kind of disagreed is these people, the hirelings do go with you. Yeah, they they do, but they're not carrying weapons and armor if we're going into the dungeon. I'm wearing them. Well, you're going to have extra. You're definitely going to have extra shields. Oh, fair. Shields break. Okay, Um, that's fair. Guide has special. You want the guide to go with you, right? To get you to... He's not a gold piece per day. He's not a goddamn diva well let's see a daily cost uh wait a minute three silver oh oh, no no so this is different between in a dungeon and out of a dungeon cost it's a monthly cost no no no. this is in a listen this is in a dungeon this is the normal operating cost up here an armor bearer in town no going across the wilderness no no no. probably look up merchant care not merchant but look up what how caravans were actually like the crusades no how many people actually went with them but again yeah. but but to be fair this is one of the reasons where like old school games handle things we we'll call it more simulationist in that regard yeah where we hand wave a lot of this stuff in have to take care of inflation in this world <laughs> there you go um that ain't right messengers you know pack handlers porter bears stevedores whatever okay so now Hope this is still hirelings. Mercenary hirelings. Okay. Now, these are zero-level freelancers hired to provide martial support. So these will fight for you. I do not like this at all. I get The old school people are going to yell at me. I get it. You're welcome to yell. I don't like this. I am of the mindset. I'm a... How do I say it? Look, Dragonlance, Lord of the Rings. I want the Fellowship of the Ring to do this stuff. But he had an army. Yeah, at high levels, that's different. That's That's domain play. I want the fellowship to do this stuff. I want the heroes of the lance to do this stuff. I don't want the weirdo zeroth level people to do anything. Again, personal preference. I'm not saying it's wrong. Just letting you know this is something that I'm just... Well, eh. plus it says right there, they may require an equal share of party profits. No, man. I'm I'm paying one gold piece a day to the to the flashlight holder. I don't got I don't got any money left over for you, buddy. Well, this guy's got a monthly cost of uh of 12 gold pieces. You, yeah, get a, you get a long moment. Dungeon, then it's then it's fifty platinum. So, the way inflation works here. And he has leather armor, short sword, and longbow for when you kill him. Super. <laughs> All right, um, but what the the point is though is honestly, let's say you know you think you need a little bit more firepower, and this comes with that research that we were talking about before. Right. We might need a little bit more firepower. Well, guess what? Now you can bring. Uh, you know, bring in a couple of heavy infantry. They like said it's not my preference to do this, but I get it. 
And if the party did research and came to the conclusion, yeah, you know what? I think we're going to need a need a little bit extra firepower, especially in a game like Hyperborea. I'd be like, okay. What I'd be scared of is, you know, guys, you know, we do have a couple of thousand extra gold for no good reason, right? We could we could hire an entire uh, not squad uh, company. A platoon company. company. Okay, you hire hire a company of light infantrymen. Just just send them out to die. You know, whatever. We'll we'll pay the ones that live full price, and we'll we'll give the widows half. There you go. Each mercenary type is considered zero level fighter with one d eight hit points. Higher level mercenaries, such as a sergeant, which is first level, lieutenant, which is second level, or captain, which is fifth level, will cost two, five, and ten times respectively. And then we have specialist hirelings. This is where you get to your, yeah, your alchemist, oh, yeah. your blacksmith. Like the sage and alchemist and blacksmith priest. Okay, yeah, got or it. Or for heathen dog and played in fantasy, the diabolist. <laughs> yeah. Because no, one, no one's going to be that class. Uh, and there we go. I, hopefully I left it on the screen long enough. I, I don't want to yeah, go through fine, the entire list. Fine. Now let's look at henchmen. This is a classed individual attracted or compelled to serve a higher level character. And we already said that, so begin at first level unless the PC is ninth level or greater, in which case a henchman is second or third level as possible. Typically given a fair wage by the PC. Fair wage. Perhaps fair. a share of loot gained through adventure. They also should earn a portion of the experience points. So this is often a reduced share as best determined by the referee. See, that this is where the whole experience equals gold thing. The, the gold you give them, not only are you paying them, but you also, they also gain that experience. But you don't. Now, your charisma is going to limit the number of henchmen you can have. Yes. Now, henchmen are neither automatically attracted nor guaranteed. They might be drawn to the service of PC due to one's heroic deeds or reputation. The point is, is role play. And again, when we went through the character class stuff, it talked about what type of henchman yeah. each character sure. class gets. Sure. So. I mean, if, if you want to naturally, you know, uh, attract loyal henchmen, you can if you're famous enough. But some people need flyers. And that's how it works. Yeah, whatever. And this is a common method down here. Furthermore, in the event of a PC's death, or if the PC is otherwise disposed and not available to adventure, a henchman may be used to temporarily or even permanently replace PC. And that's that's a common trope when it comes to that. Yeah. Henchman, hireling, and loyalty. Oh, this is going to be good. And traitorous. Oh, let let let's see, let's see. Now, hang on. Uh, th this is this is adjusted by charisma, right? Yes. Uh. Loyalty is influenced by the charisma of the PC. Oh, you've moved. I can't. Oh. Read yeah. Well, okay. What's your reaction loyalty adjustment? Well, measures NPC reactions to extremely adverse uh, circumstances, blah, blah, blah. Great personal loss and the like. Referee can assign hireling loyalty. Uh, use this table below to establish randomly. Roll 2d6 on the table below, modified by the controlling PC's reaction loyalty adjustment. Let, let's say everyone in your party is a party of friggin' lepers. You're all like all messed up. <laughs> okay. Got like, you know, three toes missing. Two, two fingers on your right hand it's all you know your eyes missing stuff like that you bully so you everybody you're always two. slapping people you have like your your best looking guy is hiring and he's still got a minus two to, to loyalty so let's see what happens one this is gonna be great two zero traitorous will abandon or betray employer at any time if you find the gold now you got to fight your hirelings yay Yay. Leave me alone. See, GM's alcoops getting you giving me crap about my character being a bully in his game. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I rolled, I rolled, I rolled snake eyes. 
and and I got I got leprosy, so I got a zero. Well, and guess cool. what? You've got a hireling who's about to take all your stuff. Yeah. All you really need is a six. You get to six, you're yeah. okay. They're not going to stab I, you in the back. They're not going to betray you. They're going to follow the letter of the contract. Yeah, I would a say four or five higher, is okay as well. Yeah. Un, un, well, I, uh, unreliable is not cool. May fail employer at times and purposely fail is a thing. But uh, if you get a nine or higher, they're not just going to follow the letter of your contract. They're actually going to try to impress you. They're going to go above and beyond. I love it. But of course, you don't roll this in front of the players. No, the no. The player doesn't know. Dumb. You know, traitors people don't wear a sign. You're not going to know that. Right. Up, he's going to be your best friend right up until he's holding a giant fist-sized ruby. Then he's not. Oh, let, let, they get scared. Same guy, leprosy guy. He starts at a minus two. So let, 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 let's see if these uh, these people run. Let's see what happens. Four. Oh, wow. Ten minus two is eight. Level-headed, knows when to fight and when to run. Okay. Well, You're he's a traitor, so, so he knows when to run right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, but the thing is, if they're not loyal to begin with, they can decide to run. But if they are loyal, they can stay. They're good. They're fine. They're not dropping their swords. They're not peeing themselves. They're not fleeing. You're fine. All right. Let's look at what you can do in the game with your character and your party. Not going to read every rule here. We're just going to show that there are rules for it so that uh, if you want to attempt any of these actions, they're available to you. Obviously, you can climb. And uh, you want you probably don't want to do so in chain mail or plate mail. Sorry. Um, and we already talked about the thieves when uh, we went through the character classes and how uh, they can climb and how they fall. Doors. Concealed doors. Those are obstructed behind a bookshelf. They're concealed. A concealed door and a secret door are different things. Found it. Uh, well, these are supposed to be. Oh, hold on. Behind a bookshelf, tapestry, or stack of barrels. Found as a secret doors unless player specifically states the characters look at. Uh oh. Oh, I just did that. Behind the the noted obstruction. In which case, the concealed door is revealed automatically. Well, typically, a concealed door is behind something. Like the uh, the safe behind the painting. That's a concealed door. A secret door is something where it's like you have to pull the lever over here in order to make the door over there open up. That's usually the way it's been described, but I guess this, this one does it a little bit differently. And Or everything just falls under concealed doors. Lock doors, oh, it can be picked using thieves tools. So that's why you have your thief in the party. And that's just a picture. A secret door, oh here, any character can search for and locate a secret door, two in six chance. So any character has a 33% chance of finding a secret door. Some classes are better suited, such as a thief who enjoys a three in six chance, so 50% chance for a thief. Such, such checks should be rolled secretly by the referee. Searching for a secret door typically requires one turn, that's 10 minutes per 10 by 10 foot area i people complain about that all the time if it's 10 foot by 10 foot area yeah i mean you are going through you are checking out every crevice you're pulling the books you're pushing the the bricks you're looking for something that's out of place also a turn is just a normal measure of unit in a dungeon that's that's the other thing to understand is normal unit of measurement for time in a dungeon 
So hurried attempt may yield a decreased chance in six. So you know, if you want to do it half the time, maybe it's two and six or, or one and six. Now, I have had arguments with people on this. So I'm going to tell you how I do it in case you interpret it the same way I do. If you don't, I get it, and that's fine. By the letter of the rule, if you are standing in a 10 by 10 square on a map, in order to look at this wall, because it says area, right? Sure. This side of this face of the wall will take you 10 minutes. This face of the wall will take you another 10 minutes. I don't do that. No. I treat the area as the area that you're standing in. Yeah, I treat it as volume in that case. I know it says area, but I treat the word area as the area that you're standing in. So you can check that wall, that wall, and the door behind you floor, all within whatever. that 10 minutes. Yeah. Some people say, no, that's not how it is. That's fine. I'm just saying that's how I do it. Stuck doors may be swollen from moisture or partially blocked, or it may hold a simple locking mechanism. Note that breaking down a locked door is much noisier than picking it open. The fact that he had to say that in here makes me cry, but he did have to say that. Mm -hmm. A stuck door requires a test of strength. Remember, that's the D6 roll to force open. At the referee's discretion, the chance in six might be improved by one if a pry bar is used. A heavily barred or magically sealed door cannot be broken down by anyone whose strength is less than 17 at a 1 in 12 chance or 18 at a 1 in 6 chance. I wish it would say that. Maybe it does, but I don't remember it saying that in the strength section. Well, is there uh, is there explosives you can buy at town? Uh, I didn't see that in the equipment Where's list, the but there drawer? might be. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Alvadir, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, uh, again, I have no harm, no foul for people who do that because that is a strict reading of the rule. I'm, no issues here. Done. I'm just saying, for me, I treat it the area as the area that your feet feet is on, and then the volume around that. But that's again, uh, maybe tomato, tomato. Um, so light. So illuminance is always a concern, especially in a dungeon. You need to be able to see things, but also remember, light will give your position away as well. So, and this is what uh, the radiuses are. Yep. Remember, it's radius. I want you so to look very carefully. Look very carefully at the hooded lantern. You are paying little Jimmy a gold piece a day to hold a lantern that only gives you 30 feet of light. Well, 60 feet, but 30 foot radius, yeah. It's not worth Send it, man. <laughs> Keep Jimmy at home. Well, then who's going to carry the lantern? The thief is going to do it. No, he's got his hands on his picks. He's got no, two swords. He and he's hiding in shadows. No, he's not going to hold not. a lantern to hide in shadow. No, he's not. Yeah, I'm not going. If I'm the thief, I'm not holding the lantern. No, you have to hold the lantern because you're also the mapper. Ha! No. You need the light. <laughs> I'm not. I not might the be the mapper, but I'm not the holding the lantern. The nope. I, Wait, unless correct. you have a bard, then that then that dipshit. Oh, yeah, yeah. But he'll start tapping on it and playing a tune. No, little, I, little I am not holding. I, I guarantee you, I am not holding the lantern as a thief. That. Little Jimmy's not getting a gold piece a day. I'll tell you that much. Okay. I don't well, care. Your, par- your party's going to die. I'm going to pay two Jimmy. little Jimmys. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, but your party's going to starve. No. You're going to die slow. No, because we're going to get 10,000 gold pieces no, and not. I'm going to retire. Because you're paying Jimmy. You're Jimmy's just, getting rich. You're just jealous. You're just you're jealous that, J- that I have a Jimmy and you don't. No, no. Jimmy is a liability. Everyone knows it. <laughs> Listening, the character can attempt to hearken at a door. 
Distinguish a sound in the forest, eavesdrop on a conversation or the like. Such efforts are executed at a base one in six chance, modified by the referee. And if the noise is obvious, two in six. I thought that was going to be the thief one. But uh, if the noise is obvious, chance might be two in six. So you can want to see if it says here, might uh, declare one in eight chance at what? But if, if it's for example, unrecognizable. Sounds unrecognizable. Oh, okay, yeah. To discern exactly what it is, okay. Yeah, yeah, it's something. On a failed listen check, the referee might provide false or erroneous information, or he might simply say you hear nothing. Sleep and rest, average group, fit to adventure for about 8 to 12 hours per day. This time typically includes 1 to 2 respites of about 3 to 6 turns, so 30 to 60 minutes each. You know, this is one of those areas where I struggle again, and why I love a game like Forbidden Lands, even if it doesn't make actual logical sense in how it does it. Mm. But... You know, it's like, well, you know, I got forced march, and you know, I know people who can do this. And Bear Grill, he can, he can march for sixty-two hours a day. Yeah, look, not wearing packs, not in the Middle Ages. You're clunking around in half your chainmail right now. Probably all of it because you're a dumb player that thinks you can do that. Um, you know, like, like these rest breaks and so forth. I think a lot of people forget. Leaving about twelve hours. Twelve hours for rest. That 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 can that can include setup and, and teardown. Yes. Two hours of setup and two hours of teardown and still get eight hours of sleep. Okay. That's yeah, fine. Well, and and keep watch and maybe do some foraging. Maybe sure. knock out some hunting. Sure. Setting up camp. If anybody's in the military, you know that setting up camp is not a five minute ordeal. No, no. It's minimum, minimum. If you are trained. And and the the uh, the the terrain is perfect. Fifteen minutes for for a, a group of six or eight people to to set up a proper camp with a fire and and uh, tents and all that stuff. Fifteen minutes. I'll just dig a hole and lay in it. Yeah, that'll okay, work. Maybe one night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Then we got traps. And again, I'm not going to go through that. You'll explore the. You'll find those in the game that you're hey, playing. Hey, Jimmy, Jimmy, uh, go go over there and uh, get get a light on that, will you? Oh, don't have to pay Jimmy anymore. That's great. Talks about special abilities, which you'll get with your character class. Non-standard actions. Okay. Players often wish their characters perform actions not covered by the rules. Hey, well, I want to do... I, I can't think of one off the top of my head. But uh, I want to do something that's not covered by the rules. What you do then is... And this is the referee. How hard do you think it is? I think it's a simple, uh, simple. Then you got a five and six chance of doing it. You know what? I think it's very difficult. You got a one and six chance of doing it. So something comes up. It's this simple. You don't have to look for, well, do I have a skill that's related to this one? No, it's not a skill-based game. I would probably take into consideration, like, what's your character class? You know what? I don't think that uh, a fighter is going to know how to do whatever i i can't that you know a religion check right now but since everybody has a chance to do it uh let's make it challenging you got a 50 chance to know what that icon is the 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 priest on the other hand you know what that's pretty simple for you five and say i might just give it to you but my point is i was just trying to make something mundane there you get what i'm saying like you mm -hmm. can put on bonuses uh penalties and bonuses that you deem fit as the referee but it's just a d6 roll not a d20 not percentile dice not something crazy just a simple d6 roll I love this. And I remember when we talked about it for second edition, well, it's something that I've kind of taken uh, into other games. I really like this. So, and he gives an example there. And 
gives uh, attribute checks. Okay, uh, let's just do one. Let's just do look at uh, the first strength one. Okay, a battle-hardened barbarian is bound by old rusty manacles. He wishes to break free, so the referee calls for a test of strength. Again, D6. However, if the manacles are not rusty and composed of sturdy Celtic iron, the referee may call for an extraordinary feat of strength, which is the percentile roll. Mm -hmm. Again, notice in every one of these, the referee makes the call. Yep. But this is how attribute checks are done. Again, there are no skills in the game, so you're going to base some things on attribute. And remember, fighters... The cool thing about this is, as a fighter, you, I'm not going to say you want this because the percentage is still lower, but you almost want the extraordinary feat of strength because you get that extra 8%. As a thief, you get the extra 8% down here. Uh, attribute checks mental. Again, attribute checks work the same way. What are we? Uh, time. One round is 10 seconds. Wait, it's not one minute. This is not Dungeons & Dragons. One round is 10 seconds. One turn is 10 minutes. And where that matters is the difference between wilderness and dungeon. So, uh, do, 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 do. oh, it doesn't go into it here? I thought he, okay, maybe it's uh, a little later. I thought he went into it right there. But movement is the measure of distance one can travel during battle when negotiating labyrinthine depths or whilst traveling icy tundra. Notice that this movement isn't just walking down the sidewalk. No. All of these are some sort of contested or movement under duress. You have combat movement, dungeon movement, and I think wilderness movement, right? And yeah, wilderness movement. So, armor. We already looked at combat. Isn't this great? He's got so many different <laughs> places where you can yeah. find this rule now. <laughs> Before it was hidden, now it's just, just sprinkled everywhere. That's great, yeah. We already kind of talked about encumbrance uh, and what it does. You can see it in the armor itself. And Heathen Dog already called out the fact that when you have, uh, you know, heavy armor, it's minus two, yada, yada. So dungeon movement. Any PC armored or not can cover about 120 feet per turn in 10 minutes. Now, let's think about that a second. That's 120 feet. I can move 120 feet in like what? You know, how many yards is that? Uh, 40? 40 yards? I can cover that in just a couple of seconds. Why you tell me it takes 10 minutes? When cautiously navigating dark dungeon passages or subterranean caverns, if you are just bebopping through the dungeon, you are a mishap waiting to happen. Yeah. Number one, you're not going to see anything before it sees you or before it goes off. Num number two, uh, tiny stalactites and stalagmites, you're just going to trip on them and fall. Hurt yourself. Little Jimmy's going to have an accident. He is going to drop the lantern. It's going to spill oil everywhere. It's going to get your shit on fire. And then, well, we were going to kill Jimmy anyway. But now, now Jimmy has to die for his for his mistakes. But you know, do do you want to kill little Jimmy? I do, but you probably so, don't. Subscribe for not killing Jimmy because I think most people to are save not. Jimmy. Save subscribe Jimmy, to save Jimmy. <laughs> this rate accounts for mapping listening, inspecting, moving stealthily, and so forth. Dungeon movement rate also applies to adventures in castles, towers, buildings, alleys, and like basically anywhere movement is restricted. Yep. In the wilderness, a healthy person, lightly armored, unarmored, blah, blah, can walk about one league, which is three miles per hour, or about 24 miles per day in optimal conditions. This pace accounts for about 10 hours of travel, eight of actual movement, interrupted by a total of two hours of rest eating. And that's a good round number. I think uh, I think that's Roman army moved 30 kilometers a day, if I remember correctly. 
Um, adventures clad in medium or heavy armor can also about walk about one league per hour, but they require longer periods of rest and recuperation. So the total miles achieved per day is lessened. And I'll let you go into the math. That's what you can... We don't have to do that in this uh, video, just no. showing that if you wear armor. Oh, look at that. It even converts yeah. it for you. If you have a... That's how many miles, miles 30, per day? 24, 18, 12, and 10. So if you're going to wear your plate mail all day, you're only moving 12 miles. Yeah. Unless you have a horse. Huh. Terrain will affect movement as well. Rugged terrain, minus 10 move. Very rugged, minus 20 move. Nice, simple rules. Yes. So guess what? If it's very rugged and you're wearing your heavy plate mail, guess how far you moved? Um, Zero. Zero, yeah. Why? That doesn't make sense. I should be able to move. Dude, you cannot. The very first obstacle you came across <laughs> defeated you. Right. That's what happened. You have to take off your armor to climb over this, this, this jagged rock formation. You, you just, you, you cannot pass it. If you're that encumbered, you can't, you are defeated. Jimmy can make it. <laughs> and he's got your lamp. And he's got your lantern. So when it comes nighttime, not only are you trapped, but you're also in the dark. And of course, and he, you can he get... just ran away with, with your gold that you gave him to hold the lantern. Oh, the one gold piece you paid him. Well, I'm not paying him ahead of time. He'll just run away with, with 10 gold. <laughs> little, little Jimmy's eating good tonight. And of course, you can buy transportation and here it gives miles per day movement rates and how much the transportation can carry so uh i want a donkey cart sure thousand pounds man easy oh a man a trained mammoth oh yeah i'm in i'm gonna hannibal this shit this is gonna be awesome <laughs> right. no th not even elephant mammoth yeah i got the hairy elephants yes oh great wheel wagon mammoth drawn wagon oh that's gotta oh, be a sight goodness. i'm in how much that bad boy cost? Probably a lot more than we have. I mean, we had to. Pay Jimmy, Jimmy took right? all the money. Jimmy took all the money. I mean, <laughs> holding holding the lantern for a couple of days—that's like a mammoth right there. And you can get lost. I'm not going to go through the getting lost rules, but no, uh, you can become lost. This is why you have a guide. This is why you take care. But uh, depending on how bad things are, you could have a 50% chance of getting lost. You know, I mean, deserts, because remember, deserts are not the easiest thing. Sand dunes move. It's not like you got a road to follow. Yeah. And uh, Heathen Dog knows, I definitely know growing up in Minnesota, snow blindness is a thing. Oh, it's a thing. All right. Yes. It can, after a fresh snow and there's no clouds in the sky at high noon, you're not going anywhere. You're not going, you're not getting the car. No, because everyone's blind. You're just going to, you're just going to wreck. That's what's going to happen. You wait. You always can have you, the sun you, at your back. Can you roll a D6 for me? Sure. Six. Great. You went 90 degrees to the right. That's not as bad as, you know, turning around completely, but you are off course by yep. 90 full degrees. Well, yep. right for me is that way, but. <laughs> yep, I get it. You know, a, a guide is a much better investment than a Jimmy. <laughs> what if the guy's name is Jimmy? Then you try again. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh oh, is that it? That isn't it, is it? Oh Got shit, it. it is. It oh. is sweet. Okay, look at that. I mean, we even dove deeper into a couple things that I had planned on us doing. 
I mean, that is pretty simple. That's not combat, but this is everything outside the game you really need to know. How to build your party? The hirelings and henchmen? Becoming lost? <laughs> Buying a horse? There we go. Next week is going to be combat, combat, combat. Uh, we'll see how long that chapter is. Um, hopefully it's not like the character creation video or, or character class videos, but uh, yeah, let's go ahead and hit those comments and then... All right, Margman says uh, looting ruin should be more important than murder hoboing. Yeah, well, that that we were talking about the XP for loot type thing. Yeah, you don't need to murder everyone if you know the gold also boosts your XP. And I get it, I get it. I just don't use it unless I have to. In this game, you pretty much have to. But yeah, what I've done in the past for other games is I've converted that to role playing experience points. And we, we were talking about the quarter pounder with cheese, and now yeah. Flally wants quarter pounder. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, I made you hungry. And basic expert comes up with, uh, I don't always have a caller, but my players figured out they need a mapper if they don't want to get lost. Yeah. Yeah. Good. And, I, and again, the caller thing isn't something that I'm like, oh, everybody's got to do it. Have. No, it's just nice to have. Yeah. And, and I like the fact that a book written in what, 2021 still mentions things like a caller. I, I don't, to be fair, I don't use a caller in my games, but I understand it's important and I wouldn't but be if, adverse to it. If the players wanted to, oh, absolutely. You, you would not poo poo that thing. No. no, not at all. And then we have Nerdy Ogre. Hire a guide to show you the way, a teamster to drive the wagon, and two guards to protect everything while you're in the dungeon. That is a sound investment. That is a sound investment because XP is linked to loot. So you're going to need that wagon. You're going to need guards. You're, you're going to need the teamster and the guide to get you to and from without busting the cart, without getting it robbed, without all that stuff. That's, that's useful. A Jimmy? <laughs> Not useful. And yes, I purposely, you know, keep saying Jimmy in that way. So people who don't understand what I'm saying thinks it's a condom. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's <laughs> kick me in the Jimmy. All right. I think that is it. If you guys have anything that you want to put in the comments about uh, adventuring again, next week is going to be combat. Uh, so, so far, because next week's combat, I'm sure I'll ask you then. But before we get into the combat rules, I, th I think we kind of know what the combat rules are. We played a lot of Dungeons and Dragons in our life. Uh, but I mean, what do you what do you think of this book's presentation so far? The the presentation is good. It's a uh, it's clean. It's crisp. Uh, um, I'm not a big fan of a couple of the mechanics, but that's just me. But it's easy to read. It's easy to understand. I got no problem with it. It's it, to me. It's one of the best laid out books. I mean, I would prefer. This is just me being pedantic. Nothing wrong with this book. I would prefer much less verbiage. But if he were to do that, it wouldn't instill the feel that he's trying to do. It's kind of like you know, with with Palladium books, right? With with Kevin, it's like if we were to say Kevin just just write a technical manual, none of none of your fluff in there. The books would be like that big, mm. and easy to follow. But would it be Palladium then? You know, yeah. so I, I, I like this is honestly, it's, it's my go-to OSR game. I, I absolutely love it. If I'm not going to do rule cyclopedia or AD and D second edition, and I want a D and D esque type game, I'm, I'm grabbing that book right there or my leather bound book up there. Cool. All right. Uh, do you need to step away for a moment? Yeah. Just for a minute. Uh, anything else going on in chat? Do, 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 do. 
Uh, as long as the guy isn't called Kevin. Kevin's are objectively worse than Jimmy's. Maybe. <laughs> Got a Kevin and a Karen. Great. I think Hyperborea leaves a lot to the referee. I mean, it gives you a great framework, but leaves the rest of the referees. Like, do you think it's going to be hard? Do you think this is feasible? Do you think... Then add a modifier. And I like games like that. I like games... You know, I, I like to role play, okay? And I think that a game with less skill, with fewer skills, with fewer attachments to the character sheet make role playing easier. But I also recognize that it's a game and I want the framework of the game to be there and I want the framework of the game to make sense. And I think, you know, sure, Hyperboy Hyper is just old school D&D. Sure, you can say that and you're not wrong. But the way it's presented just makes sense. I, I like it. By massive success of what? Microwatch movie venture, which stands to lose me. No, and that would be a Friday, a Friday chill stream. Yeah, sort of I, I haven't even watched it. I, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to watch no, it until it's on your Plex server. There you go. And it, 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 it's not going to be, you know, it's, it's, it's not good enough to, to illegally download a cam version. I'm going to wait until I can download a 1080p version but even then i might not the the reason being is because when when the when the producers and the writers actually purposely said that all of the male characters they they wrote dumber to make the female characters shine on purpose be, because they thought it was funny i don't want to watch it you know again if you'd have done that like 15 years ago i probably no no no, no if if you'd have done that 15 years ago and not said shit no one would have mattered but if you publicly said oh yeah we yeah. we 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 were personally mis misandrist with the with the script haha if you say that out loud to publications i'm gonna think you're a dick yeah i mean how many times have we said it over the last few years where it's like it seems like every show or movie now though you know i am woman hear me roar mary sue and all the guys are either peter griffin or mr burns yeah, and that that could be our perception. Yeah, but, but they force the perception. When the writers come out and say it, <laughs> it's just fact now. Yep. So, all right. Uh, let's. All right. Yeah, get your palladium stuff up there, and I'll get. Uh, oh, so why do I have two hyper? Oh, I was going to look at something. The referee's guide. Too late. And go, and I will. Boop. All right, for segment two today, we are going to Atlantis and not the Stargate version. We're going to Atlantis where they've got tentacle monsters with blind hot chicks that want to eat you. And I'm not sure which ones want to eat. No, the, but, the uh, former, not, not the latter, but yeah. Okay. Well, there, but also in there is a market that he'll talk about later where you can get anything, including things that are probably verboten to say on YouTube now, but we don't care. We're going to talk about what's in the book. But before we do that, we are going to start off. We believe the role-playing games should take place in fantastic worlds. And can you get more fantastic than Atlantis? No. The focus of the game should be on role-playing and having a good time with slave girls. The core values of hashtag RPGate and any good tabletop group are escapism, not representation. You can escape to Atlantis. You might not escape out of it, though. Entertainment over activism and natural organic inclusion, not forced diversity. And believe me, they will include you into the slavery. No holes by head. No favorites played there in Atlantis. Full immersive experience. 
There you go. Charity We Support is the Wounded Warrior Project, a national nonpartisan organization whose mission is to honor and empower wounded warriors. Please refer to the description below for the link to you where you can make your hopefully tax-deductible donation. And of course, there you go. Join us Thursdays and Saturday evenings on twitch.tv slash Legion of Myth to watch Heathen Dog and his team of dirty casuals, which I'm so casual, I'm just a part-time casual. I'm 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 half casual. What does that make me? Play multiplayer games for your mockery and enjoyment. And here on YouTube channel. You can watch these game-related segments live every Sunday at 1 p.m. Central Time or check out the Friday Night Chill Stream where our panel of guests opine, comment, and editorialize on the TTRPG hobby as a whole. As always, I'm going to do my best to sidetrack him and make him talk about other things than what's in the book. So subscribe for sidetracking. Yay! Boo! <laughs> All right. So we're going to talk about Atlantis, the 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 island of of Atlantis disappeared thousands of thousands of years ago, and with the resurgence of magic in this world, it came back. Now, everyone on there obviously was gone, or dead, or both. So, it was procured by other forces, and I'm going to get into all that during the background, which I'm going to do right now. And we're going to start. No, where's the page? There it is. Page number. There we go. Can First you zoom in at, way on that? We're going to, yeah, I'm going to, okay. we're going to start with the Atlantis that was. This is original Atlantis with the Atlanteans. Duh. The continent of Atlantis was the location of, okay, huge island, right? Location, one of the most prominent ley line centers on the planet, which enabled the Atlanteans to develop several forms of magic, open rifts, and explore other dimensions. Long story short, the Atlanteans are a, a progenitor or subspecies that is not really defined of humans. They are better. They live longer. They're stronger, smarter, faster. And they, they, they went to or were born in an area of high magic ability. They learned it really fast. They learned it really well. And they became masters of several types of magic. Stone magic, tattoo magic. These are, these are very important things that the Splugor stole later on. But stone magic is creating pyramids. Creating pyramids on top of rifts to control magical activity along all the ley lines connected to that rift tattoo magic is putting magical tattoos on the body to in increase the durability of the body and give you magical weapons you or armor you can summon at a moment's notice touch the tattoo of a sword you now have a sword in your hand stuff like that it's cool it's awesome the atlanteans created it they mastered it well i don't know about created but they mastered it and I think it was given to him by a dragon, if I'm remembering correctly. But uh, the, it's their thing. As a matter of fact, all Atlanteans have what they call the marks of heritage. I believe it's two or three tattoos they're given to as a child to mark their Atlantean heritage. So they all have them. And then they started to get all uppity. They started to get a little too big for their britches. What they do, they decided to experiment with rifts. Not normally. They've mastered the idea of opening a rift to another place in the same world, another place in the same dimension, and even in another dimension. So hold up a second. How, how long ago was this? Thousands and thousands of years ago. It's purposefully vague. So, so wait, 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 wait. So Earth has always had rifts? No. It, oh. uh, magic has always been up until the Atlanteans ruined it. 
Oh, okay. Not okay. super high levels of magic, Palladium fantasy levels of magic, SDC level. Okay. Okay. That that's what's what this was. It's fine. It's fine. So they decided, no, you know what? We can make a super rift. We can make a single rift that'll open to say, I don't know, five, ten different dimensions at the same time. It doesn't what a sound fun smart. experiment. Does it sound like fun to you? No. Not me either. But since they mastered the stone magic and they mastered rift rift magic, they figure, well, this is the next step. Right? So they tried it. It went horribly wrong. <laughs> horribly wrong. The rift they created was 10,000 times bigger than they than they wanted it to be. It filled a quarter of the sky. It's like wormwood. It's horrible. It's horrible. And it didn't it didn't go to 10 five or 10 different worlds. It went to hundreds of different worlds all at the same time. Things from a hundred different worlds came through that rift. Dozens of demon dimensions. Well, now we know how the dinosaurs went it really extinct. There, well, it's not that long ago, but okay, yeah. Uh, vampire intelligence has leaked into the world, right? It was bad. It was bad. It took them days to close it. But in doing so, they had to drain the magical energy from the planet to get enough oomph to close this giganto rift they made. Now, did magic disappear from the world all at once? No, no, it didn't. It slowly started to fade away after this point. It took, a, it took 2,000 years, but at the end of that 2,000 years, magic was gone. Huh? Now, what happened to Atlantis? Well, during the initial rift opening, the giganto rift, horrible mistake rift it set off uh it, it set off uh kind of like a chaos earth type uh tsunamis and earthquakes and volcanoes erupting and dogs and cats living together you know all that stuff throughout the entire planet well half the planet but atlantis was at the eye of the storm so it was the least affected in the area or so they thought at first now as time went on the hundreds of years went on as magic was slowly waning atlantis would be struck with storms or earthquakes stuff like that off and on but it's getting more and more frequent as the magic was declining atlantis was getting worse and worse natural disasters why because when they opened this rift it linked the whole continent of atlantis to magic and earth's ley line system as the magic was decreasing atlantis the continent itself was getting weaker and weaker now toward the end it was getting so bad that a lot of people just left they rifted to other dimensions they left the continent altogether they, they moved to the world at large now this was very dangerous for the Atlanteans, because while they've been there for thousands and thousands of years, they didn't really explore the earth because they had rifts. They could open up to, they explored other dimensions. They didn't explore their own planet. Yeah. Forget the backyard. Let's go see what's way out there. Exactly. Right. So they didn't know a lot what was out there. And when they went out there, they saw these people who were freaking ruined by this giganto rift, just ruined. So they tried to help. This is how pyramids came to South America, how pyramids came to Egypt, how the, the pyramid technology was passed along. Now, 
how to work it was lost in time to these to these uh other these human people but the the technology used to construct it was passed to them by the atlanteans and then after 2000 years when magic completely left so did atlantis from an observer looking down or across or whatever looking at the continent of atlantis it looked like it sank into the ocean but that's not what happened what actually happened was when magic died from this world the uh the continent of atlantis shifted to an alternate dimension a pocket dimension to stay there maybe forever well turns out to not be forever because when rifts happened when the cataclysm happened and magic came back to the world so did atlantis only it's been at least six to eight thousand years minimum since it was back and all the perfect of the, tangent chat said it could be up to twenty five thousand. could be up to yeah it, it 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 depends on what timeline you use <laughs> all depends on that when it came back it was a forested giant island continent. There, there was no, there was no more uh, remnants of civilization readily visible from the surface because the, the, uh, the earthquakes and the tidal waves and all that stuff took care of all the buildings. And then the thousands and thousands of years it was in that pocket dimension took, took care of all the vegetation, just grew it up. But this this happened right after the cataclysm so no one was searching around for new continents at this point they were saying oh my god oh my god what is that thing trying to eat my wife they were worried about survival they weren't worried about mapping you know you know cha changing the the mercator map okay they weren't worried about that so the first beings to find this were supernatural origin because they're the ones who had free reign for hundreds of years after the cataclysm and sadly the group that found it and took control of it were the Splugorth. One in particular, Splendcrift, but I'm going to get into him a little later. Nowhere on Earth, with the arguable exception of Europe, do supernatural beings and DBs hold sway over the land so completely. Europe is infested with supernatural monsters, but humankind is fighting back. On the, on the continent of Atlantis, no one's fighting back. The supernatural creatures are in control. They are the law. And the, and the ruler of that place is the Splugorth. It is a Splugorth territory. Now, Splugorth, I've talked to before, they are, they are cousins of, of actual uh, supernatural intelligences. They are no joke. They're, they're a slaver race. They're like huts on steroids. They are no joke. And what, what, the, what this particular Splugorth did, Splintcrift, he looked at this and said, this right here is the most magical portion of this entirely too magical world. I don't need to control the world. In fact, it would be too hard to hold all that territory with all these rifts popping up everywhere. But I can hold this place. I can secure this place because I have stone magic technology too. Because I stole it from the, from the Atlanteans thousands and thousands of years ago. Because uh, you can think of uh, the Splugorth like a cross between Huts and Gould from Stargate. Oh. They're slavers, they're, they're, uh, they're rulers, they're despots, but they also 
mostly steal their technology rather than create it their own. Steal the magic rather than make it themselves. Why work for whatever you can just grab? Exactly. You just enslave a people and take their crap, you know, and say it's yours. Anyone who says otherwise, you, you kill them. People will stop talking about you. That's how it works. So he created a whole city, the city of Splin on uh on the the best part of the continent and then use the rest part of the rest of the continent to be kind of like a a pleasure dome for for supernatural beings there's a forested reserve there's a there's a uh there's there's fields for uh for supernatural creatures to breed them to sell them to train them whatever you know all although the whole place is is used except for a small a small portion on the north northwestern side but most of it is used for the betterment of Splincrift himself. And that's where Atlantis is now. It is a bastion of supernatural creatures and DBs, most of whom are transient, but some stay because there is a market there and there, there is a government. Is there a permanent rift there, like Phase Room? No. Uh oh. there there, but there are several stone pyramids capping Nexi or Nexus is, I, I forget which one is a proper plural for that, and controlling the ley line energy. Because you, you can't be a proper despot if you have, you know, random crap happening all the time. No, mm -hmm. control of the environment and then control of the people gives you control of everything. Well, and he named the city after himself, so. Oh, well, yeah, but that was, that was a no-brainer, right? No-brainer. So, that's what Atlantis is now. Now you think, think, well, what happened to the Atlanteans? Why aren't they coming back? Well, the Atlanteans got their own problems. Number one, they feel they felt supreme guilt for what they had done to the world because they did it. There's no getting around it. They had the pie in the sky idea and it wrecked the whole planet. But they didn't have to tell anybody. There was nobody smart enough for the time to figure out that they did it. I know they're 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 mentally weak. They, they blame themselves and they never got over it. Suck it up, buttercup. They couldn't do it. So what, what happened? They spread across all dimensions. They, they no longer have a, a, a base of power that they call their own. And they don't have enough uh, uh, cohesiveness to take on and retake, to take on uh, Splincrift and retake Atlantis. They just don't have the manpower or the uh, the uh, uh, military structure to pull something like that off. They don't. Uh, the, the Splugorth are a slaver race. They have warrior minions that they spent hundreds and hundreds of years just augmenting their DNA with, with technomancy, biomancy. I'm going to get into biomancy in a little while. And, uh, and just straight up genetic engineering to make them the greatest warrior slaves ever. It's it's it'd be hard to take Atlantis. Definitely hard. So they haven't done it. Plus they got their own problems. They're they're, Could they're the mechanoids do it. What's that? Could the mechanoids take Atlantis? Yes. Oh, wow, okay. That was a yeah. quick yes. Oh, it's easy. Yeah. Because cuz there's millions of them and they never stop. But the thing is, they wouldn't they wouldn't take Atlantis because it is not, uh, not for humans. It's for monsters. Oh, Mechanoids that's right. I forgot. Humans. Yeah. They don't hate giant eyeball tentacle things. 
So they wouldn't. They wouldn't care. They'd kill the rest of the planet. Somebody needs to reprogram them to hate all flesh. All That'd flesh be must nightmare. be. That would be an absolute nightmare. Yeah, but at least you you have the opportunity to say, he did it, and then run away where he's like, hmm. hmm Fair hmm. enough. Fair enough. But <laughs> that is the background of Atlantis. Now, next, we're going to look at the Splugorth and Splincrift in particular. And you know what? I have, when, when I was talking about Phase World, I was talking about other, other books, I hinted that the Splugorth were no joke. And now you're going to see why. You're going to see a single individual Splugorth and why they are no joke in the next section. All right, well, before we do that, I, I only have three comments starred. Okay. But uh, well, you start one. Apparently, <laughs> the cover is problematic. Yes. Uh, I, uh, the reason I starred that is because Coco Shuko, if you say the P word again, I'm putting you on a five-minute timeout. That's right. Heathen Dog does not like that P word. I do not like the P word. What's next? Uh, also, how are true Atlanteans so long-lived? Well, it uh, it's a combination of genetic and magical component since since they lived so many thousands of years at at the at a at the earth's center of magical energy their bodies over generations have just absorbed this and it's changed them and a a, a normal uh, atlantean can live anywhere between three and five hundred years normal lifespan and they'll look young doing it and then Brother Malachi says, oh, great. It's a Splugorth. I swear, it's always a Splugorth. And the bug's causing trouble. Or the vampire. I don't care if I sound bigoted. It's freaking riffs. No, 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 no. You can be bigoted about Splugorth bugs and vampires. That's fine. That's fine. Anyone calls you out on that, send, send the woke tart out first. <laughs> that's how you do it. All right, that's all I start. And all yes, right. gnomes would be monsters. That's true. All right, let me get back to the beginning. I can't see the. Oh. There we go. Well, that was a cute thing. There we are. Are you good? Yep, we're ready. All right, continuing on with segment two. Now we are going to find out more about the Splugorth. I wish we would have had the, the old Rifts cover on here so you could have seen a picture of that Splugorth. Might be in this book, I don't know. But uh, before we do that, you know, we got to tell you about hashtag RPGate. You can read it on the screen there. I'll leave it up there. I'll leave it up there long enough for you to read. These are core values, not just good ideas. If you have a mind to do so, please click on that little QR code or check the link in the description below for the charity we support and help a wounded soldier out. It's nonpartisan. That's an important thing, apparently. And of course, we stream on Thursdays and Saturdays video games. Well, Heathen Dog streams Thursday and Saturday video games with this team of dirty casuals playing Dungeons Dragons Online and MechWarrior 5. And on Sundays and Fridays, we talk tabletop role-playing games. Sunday is our deep dives and our overviews, like what you're about to get. And Friday is our opinion and commentary. I didn't sidetrack him last episode. I gotta do a better job of that. And subscribe for Jimmy. You know what that means? You didn't watch that video. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jimmy's going to take all your gold. Okay. Now, <laughs> we 
we we we spoke about Atlantis, the history and the current uh the current climate on the continent island of Atlantis. And now we're going to talk about the owner of Atlantis, the undisputed ruler of the entire continent. Splincrit, the Splugorth. This is going to be nightmare fuel just to let you know. When I'm talking the original cover, I'm talking the original Rifts cover, you know, with the slaver on it and the slave girls. That's what I was talking about. Oh, my God. That's the wrong way. There you go. I understand. Don't worry. We're, we're going to see slave girls. I got Yay. a picture. All right. All Splugorth are good to excellent strategists and tacticians with eons of experience. Remember, they, they, are, they are related to prime supernatural intelligences, so they live a minimum of 25 to 35,000 years. So they have you know, they have knowledge. They're also skilled manipulators of others and have conquered many worlds by arranging it so others did their dirty work. Splinkrith is especially good at negotiation, creating hype slash excitement and selling things from ideas to products. It was he whom the Sunaj leader first contacted and it was he who sold the idea of an alliance to the other Splugorth. Now, uh, the uh, Sunaj are, is the Atlanteans problem. Sunaj assassins hunt Atlanteans for, for fun and profit. So the Atlantean race is dying. I'm not going to get into why. I'm not going to get into who the Sunaj really no are. Spoilers? Oh. By the book. By the book. Splinkrith uh, anticipates the Sunaj eventually betray them. And look, yeah, of course, everyone betrays the Huts, right? I mean, the Huts use you, you use them. And if you're in business with them long enough, somebody gets stabbed in the back. That's how it works. And let's let's look at him. IQ of 30, MA of 28, ME of 32, PS of 50, PP, this is all supernatural, by the way, PP of 26, PE 28, physical beauty three. three. <laughs> You'll see that in a minute. I got a picture coming up. And speed of 50. He's got a lot of limbs. He can move. Look at the main body. Read that for me. Uh, main body, NBC by location. I'll wait till you straighten that out. And main body. 56, I was already impressed with the PPE I saw above, and now 56,000? 56,000. How many Wilkes laser rifles does it take? Not a, there's not enough. <laughs> there's not enough. There's not enough uh, Eclipse in the world for that. And reducing the main body to zero will temporarily hurt and impair, but not destroy him. Oh. To destroy him, the main body must be reduced to negative four thousand. Well, look, that's if I already got you to fifty from fifty six thousand, getting yeah. you to sixty thousand, that that's whatever. Oh, you think you think <laughs> it's going to be easy? No, no. During this time of severe impairment, his physical attacks are reduced by three, sonic to two, and magic to one. Furthermore, the creature loses all bonuses and combat saves. See, we now, got him. The thing is, though, uh, that he has the ability to. Where is it? Uh, he has 13,000 PPE, all spells and ritual magic, all stone master powers and magic, and power to create magic, tattoos, power to create rune weapons, and bio wizardry, which I'm going to get to a little bit. But I believe they have the ability to jump dimensions. Yeah, there, yeah, there we go. Other abilities include blah, blah, blah. teleport. Here we go. Uh, bio regenerates 2d6 times 10 MDC per minute. Regeneration of limbs requires. 72 hours does not need air to breathe dimensional teleport at 98 wow, 98 probability that means when he's about to die pew, whip, he's gone 
That's why it's so hard to kill an alien intelligence. They just run and that's it. They get away. They just get away, but you can prepare for that. Yes, you can prepare for that. But when the, when the Splugorth gets 20,000 MDC down, he's not fighting to win. He's fighting to overcome your dimensional teleport countermeasures and get out. So he's got time. Oh, look, he's vulnerable to silver. (laughs) Yeah. Vulnerable to silver. How vulnerable to silver is he? Uh, uh, Do triple damage. Okay. I have a silver sword. It does 1d6. No, it does 3d6. Oh, that's going to make a difference to a 56,000 pool. That's going to I have a silver boom gun. Leave me alone. Oh, there you go. Silver boom gun. There you go. So, yeah. And we'll get down magic PPE. We already got that 13,000 psionics, all sensitive healer and super psionic powers equal to a 10th level psionic. No joke. Uh, he is considered a 10th level Leyline Walker, Rune Master, Stone Master, Tattoo Master, and Shifter. Slash, or in in uh, in the Rift's Ultimate, it's just a Shifter. Because Shifter and Summoner and Witcher are all in one. Skills of note. Most human skills are too insignificant to be bothered with and are left to the lowly minions. That's why you get slaves. To do the work for you. Duh. Even weapon and science skills are not studied. Magic and subterfuge are the skills developed by the Splugorth. The intertwining of magic and technology is viewed on a different level. Remember, magic is the operative source of these aliens' powers. So technomancy, uh, spell design, stone magic, tattoo magic, bio biomancy. Again, I'm going to get into that. That's their bread and butter. They have that at an equivalent to 98%. Everything else, they just don't care. They don't care. They don't need to care. No. How do you work this computer? Bob does it. I have a Bob. Slave Bob works the computer for me. No. What if Bob. Bob wasn't there? Then I'll get Joe. Slave Jimmy. No. Jimmy. Jimmy <laughs> holds the lantern. We all know that. And gets paid handsomely to do it. <laughs> there he is. Oh, There's oh. our boy. Eyeball. Um, I think I think Vergigorm's tougher. Looks tough. Probably is tougher. Yeah. I mean, like like I said, he's a minor (laughs) alien intelligence. A proper alien intelligence has a quarter of a million MDC. That would give Vergigorm a time. So that's Splinkrip. This is an this is uh the actual Splugorth that runs Atlantis. Now, if you want to look at average, there you go. He's only 72,000 years old, which is young for a Splugorth. Now, what do Splugorth, the average Splugorth? Okay, let's see. Average Splugorth, 64 times 1,000 PPE, 1D6 times 1,000 ISP, 3D4 times 10,000 mega damage. So he's actually pretty tough for a Splugorth. Uh, average would be what two, four, six, sixty thousand. So no, no, he's oh. a little bit under average. For Splinkrypt is a little bit under average for okay. the MDC of a, of a of a of a blue growth, but average lifespan five d four times ten thousand years. So you're looking at what 
an average of uh, 100,000 years lifespan. Yeah. All right. And he's only 72,000 years old. So he's middle-aged. Another eye. I think my eye. It's great. <laughs> okay. Now these are these are the minions. Yeah. The minions of Splugorth. Uh, now remember, Splugorth steal technology. They they stole tattoo technology from either the Atlanteans or or uh, or Eastern Dragons or or whatever. But they stole it and they made their own tattoo men. If you have more than six tattoos on your body, six magical tattoos on your body, you now become an MDC creature. Supernatural strength, supernatural endurance, all this stuff. They use this to to make elite warriors. And before you get your seventh tattoo, you are fully indoctrinated and or brainwashed. So you are perfectly loyal. And then there's these other servitor races that are naturally MDC in high magic environments. They're also, you know, conscripted to be to be in, in the warrior cast. But what I want to talk about is the bioman because this this from what I can tell the the bio wizardry is the only Splugorth natural technology. I could be wrong, but I think it's the only thing they actually invented themselves. Okay. Bio wizardry. Warning, bio wizardry wizardry can be rather disgusting and grisly. It often uses it often mutilates and mutates the body or creates a physical union with horrific or of or destructive creature. Sensitive players may find this strange and often okay. The Splugorth turn you into a Lovecraftian nightmare. That's what they do. But it gives you it gives you great bonuses and and all that stuff and it's awesome it's awesome sauce stat wise. But you're never you're never going to the prom again. I'll tell you that much. No one's gonna say yes and no one's gonna ask you. Biowizardry or biotechnology is an area of mystic knowledge perfected by the Splugorth eons ago. Its secrets are jealously guarded and its true powers are shared only with their trusted minions. Rune magic is actually an offshoot of biowizardry developed at a later time. Many believe that rune magic originated with the Splugorth. All forms of biowizardry, including rune magic, utilize the energy and or life essence of living beings or portions of, of uh, higher form living beings. So the is the Splugorth that wiped out the dwarves and elves and played in fantasy? Probably. The use of living beings and or their body components and the enslavement of the living might make some consider biowizard magic to be a form of necromancy. I can see that argument. However, biowizardry is a un is unique as it combines living organisms with other living, quotes, creatures and or machines and magic to empower the living, not control the dead. Parasites and symbionts are attached or implanted as a means of physical, mental or magical augmentation. Other forms of magic enabled by the user of biowizardry devices to conjure magical spells and or utilize superpowers. Okay, so here's the thing. You can use biowizardry like Sith alchemy. You can basically uh, uh, chimera two beings together to form a new, third, more powerful thing. This is the Lovecraftian nonsense where, you know, you got tentacles out of your eyeballs now and stuff like that. It's gross, but it can happen. The other part of biowizardry is creating magical symbionts. What that does, you attach them to another creature. It enhances the creature's either uh, mental or physical attributes to an absurd degree. 
and I'm going to get into that right now. Here we go. Uh, this is the magic transmutation section. This is actually uh, merging uh, parts of other creatures onto, onto you to make you into a new chimeric type creature. Or to give you more arms, more legs, wings, whatever. Knuckles, bio wizard eyes, bio wizard sensor systems. So let me guess, he just took all the bionics, made it bio, and now yeah. we got a new... <laughs> but it's so much more because any of these things will turn you into a mega damage creature. Oh. Now we have microbes and microparasites. These are, these are things that usually aren't permanent and don't, and don't uh, augment the body too much, but they give specific buffs for specific purposes. For example, aerobes. Uh, what they do is they enriches the blood with oxygen. You use this if you're in a, an airless environment or underwater. And it gives you the ability to breathe without having to have air. Side effects, none. Size microscopic. They die and are absorbed in the body within 24 hours. No harm, no foul. Aqua robes. This one is, is very important. This one allows you to breathe water. Not, not have to breathe, but turn water into air, basically. And side effects. Has trouble breathing out of water. Reduce speed and combat bonuses by half. But it only lasts eight hours in your body. So for eight hours, you can breathe water and not breathe air so well. But after I mean, eight hours, you're fine. Theor theoretically, if you need to breathe water for more than eight hours. Something's wrong. And yeah. why are you hanging out? Exactly. Get in there, get out. It's all fine. Now, we go to some of the other stuff that have more uh, permanent problems. Transfortifiers. Okay. Host type. Many, most any animal, humans, and DBs will not work on supernatural creatures. Host environment. The entire body, skin, internal organs, nervous system, typically inhaled with a snuff-like substance or injected. What? Reproduction <laughs> continually, continuously reproduces itself for years. Did you just give me a virus? What the hell? Oh, it gets better. Average lifespan. Thrives in the human body for 20 plus 1d6 years. When they die, you die. Your okay, body becomes, yeah, your body becomes completely dependent on the transfortifiers. And when it goes, so does your life. So this is a better juicer. I was going to say it's a bio juicer. Yes. Now, what does it do? You, you're, you're giving up all but 20 years of your life. What do you get in return? Let's find out. Transforms the body into an MDC structure. The skin becomes tougher and thicker like a hide of a rhinoceros. Start with 110 MDC and add 1D6 times 10 more for each level of experience or 10 years, whichever comes first. Impervious to heat and cold. Even magical fire or cold or plasma do no damage. Add six inches to height. Yay. Per each, that, that's important compared to the rest per each year per each experience or for every 20 years so it's going to be incremental throughout the time your physical strength is now considered supernatural and it adds two points to it per level of experience bonuses plus four savers poison plus four versus toxins drugs gases plus 10 percent to savers coma death plus one verse magic plus two savers horror factor well yeah because you look like this Yeah, because it reduces your physical beauty by one point 
per every level of experience or 10 years, stop at three. What else does it do? Well, it adds weight. The rhino skin is heavy. 100 pounds for every level of experience or 10 years. 100 pounds per level of experience. You're, you're a thick boy. The body also gets progressively misshapen. Fingers become thick and less sensitive. The skin is covered in pale blotches. And this is where your physical beauty is reduced. Skills are minus 10% due oh, to no. lack of sensitivity. All skills that require manual dexterity are at minus 10%. That's, that's still that's better than a skills. Borg. No, that's pilot skills. That's technical skills. That's uh, any kind of craft skill, whatever. Picking locks, 10, minus 10%. You get slower, reduce speed by two points per level of experience. You get heavier, bulkier, taller, uglier, slower. Eventually you cannot move. Internal organs all get hard and brittle. And that's when the, uh, that's when the microbes die and you die along with it. Mm -hmm. That does not sound like a fun way to go. I mean, at least a juicer death, you know what? Heart might pop, might have a stroke, whatever. Yeah. This just sounds yeah. horrible. <laughs> yeah, it is horrible. It is horrible. But you know what? The Spulogorth don't care. There's all there's all kinds of other slaves that you can shove this stuff up their nose to replace you. There's another slave to replace you. 20 years is an eye blank to these people. They don't care. Then we have the large parasites. We got brain feeders. Guess what they do? Um, they feed your brain? No. Oh. Lobioptos. What do they do? Creature stimulates latent psychic energy and powers from the brain and provides additional PPE and ISP to the host body. This is done largely for self-protection. It's making you stronger to, so you can protect it. First, the host has powers. It may not be inclined to try and remove it. Second, with psionic powers, the host body is likely to survive longer against predators. Psionic powers. Add 50 ISP and 10 PPE to the character's existing base. Psi powers are equal to a master psionic. Select seven psionic powers from any category except super. Plus, the creature automatically bestows the power of biomanipulation. Add 1d6 plus 1 ISP for every level of experience, starting with the level that you were first acquired the parasite. If you were already a psionic, select two new minor powers and two super psionic powers, and then add the ISP and PPE bonuses. So this seems like, it seems like a brain boost, right? This is awesome. Now, now, where's the other shoe? Here it comes other shoe. Uh, let's see. Uh, side effects third eye deformity, brain damage if forcibly removed, suffers from chronic throbbing headaches, and tries more tires more easily from physical exertion, half the normal fatigue endurance rate, and requires an extra two hours sleep, or you're a minus 10% of all your skills. Sonic attacks against the parasite will automatically cause the host body to suffer the same damage or effects. No, no save. Uh, killing it with psionics or magic requires the character to roll in the same random damage table as if it were surgically removed. Means of elimination. Let's say you're tired of the constant headaches and the constant sleepiness. Well, you could just sever from like here up. And then be tired of life. Yeah. You could get surgery. Oh. There's a chance of permanent brain damage. Roll in the surgery damage table. And this is a chance. Are we talking like a 98% chance? It, it's pretty big. It's something, <laughs> you got maybe a 10, 20% chance of going away. Whew, I got it. Okay. The rest of it is varying levels of suck. And mind slug. That sounds awesome. 
Attaching a mind slug to a creature's temple makes that person receptive to further sonic influence and is charmed by the first person. He, oh, it's a, it's a slave collar, basically. Heartworms? Oh, come on. They've got drugs for dogs for that. You're fine. No, no, no. This one, this one's good and bad. Watch this. The host body becomes impervious to poison and sickness, seldom fatigues and resistant to magic. Add 200 SDC or 30 MDC if you're a mega damage creature. Plus 20 speed, plus 20 speed plus six to physical strength, plus 10 to PPE base. You never tire from exertion. You heal three times quicker than normal for your race. You're impervious to poisons, drugs, and disease. You're resistant to gases, half damage, half duration, plus three versus magic, plus 10% save versus coma. Bonuses, see powers, that's it. Side effect, the parasite devours your heart in 1d4 plus one years. And that kills you. No kidding. Again, surgery. You can do surgery, but you have to remove the whole heart. Yeah, I was I was planning on being a Borg anyway. There you go. Yeah, so it gets it's bad, it's bad. So that that's that's a little bit of bio wizardry and a little bit about the Splugorth and Splinkrith in general. By the way, this creepiness is still better than Splicers. Wow. All right, <laughs> there it is. So let's head to. Want some comments or do you got more to talk about? No, this is it for now. Okay. So let's hit some comments. So Franz42000 says, I think a good way to differentiate a Splugorth, supernatural intelligence, and a god is that a supernatural intelligence are stronger but have a limited lifespan in the tens of thousands of years. Yeah. Uh, gods are weaker than supernatural intelligences. They're weaker than, most of them are, are weaker than even the supernatural intelligence cousins, which are the Splugorth. But uh, an actual god can be said to actually live forever. Now, the uh, the first supernatural intelligences are also immortal, but every generation after that gets less and less immortal. So your normal supernatural intelligence lived for a quarter million to a half million years, whereas the Splugorth lived to 100, 150,000 tops. So, yes, it's they're, yeah, they're, they're, they're pretty far down in the food chain. I mean, we live 80. They live a hundred thousand. Eh. Who's to say what's better, you know? <laughs> uh, and we have Keithon says Splugors actually saved the Katani from extermination by the mechanoids long ago. Hmm. I don't I again I'm not a Rifts guy, so I don't know well, what, I, what this means. They're not just simple slaves. They have their own ci uh, cities and everything. Too humanoid for the mechanoids. Okay, here's here's the thing. Uh the Katani are the prime slaves of the Splugorth. The reason being is because the, the Katani serve willingly. They went into service by their own will. They, they teach their own race to serve the Splugorth. And because of that, they are, they are given uh, the highest status among every other race that isn't uh, a high lord, overlord, or whatever. They, they they are the highest non non Splugorth minion race that exists. Everyone else comes under them. Okay. So yeah. Game with ADHD says at this level of threat, I sort of wonder why stats are even included. Yeah, I mean, uh, they they included them because this is riffs. It gets it gets Gonzo nutso pretty quick. So it is possible to take out a Splugorth. It is. It's possible now for the soup for the prime supernatural intelligences like a pep and 
Azatoth and stuff like that. They only say they have hundreds and hundreds of thousands of MDC, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of PPE. They don't give stats. They don't give MDC. They don't give any of that stuff because you can't beat them. If something has stats, a player will try and find a way to beat it. But if it doesn't have stats, you literally can't win because the stats are whatever the game master says it is. Well, it's, it's interesting you say room. that because violence, I can't put it up on the screen because on Rumble, but uh, violence solves everything says the original old ones were not just immortal, but they were unkillable in yes. palladium. Gods can be killed. It is just hard to do. Yes. The, uh, the original old ones, the, the, the prime intelligences were not killed. They are, they were taken to the center of the universe and put into a mystical sleep that is constantly maintained to this day to make sure they don't get out. As long as the universe exists, they exist. All right. Next one is RPG is dumb. Our game master says the TW what's uh, techno wizard dagger recovered from the LOM rifts campaign, teleported anything stabbed to Atlantis. Well, now we know. And Randy and used it on a van of gang members in this one shot. So this is where they are in a van. <laughs> Well, guess what? If you're a human being without an owner in Atlantis, you are going to be someone's slave in less than five minutes. You're going to be property in less than five minutes. You better hope you got lucky. And it's not so well, weird... they just went from one gang to the next. Oh, yeah. Hopefully it's not some weird sex thing or food oh, thing. Or mind worms. Or yeah, mind worm thing. You know, whatever. But yeah, you are a slave. Perfect tangent says, uh, yeah, Rifts doesn't really work unless you've got the whole mutants in orbit going on. I thought that was kind of a hot take for you. Now, I just, uh, just for everybody's edification, I don't do Rifts. I have mutants in orbit because I do Team NT after the bomb. So how yeah. does that relate to Rifts? I'm trying to find out the impetus. There it is. Uh, or good old normal long-range ICBM nuclear missiles, which I believe the coalition states can manage. No, they, they can't. Uh, too bad means in orbit has killer satellites and anti-orbital. Yeah, well, yeah, if he was talking about this, he's not talking about Atlantis. Yeah. Uh, if if you use mutants in orbit, that that is a possible uh, that that is a, a place that is possibly on Rift's Earth or above Rift's Earth, if you use it. Now you are given the choice in rifts to say, no, you can't get out to space because we screwed up the upper atmosphere with so much debris that anything going through there is, is going through a shooting gallery of, of Teflon coated shotgun bolt pellets. And you're just going to rip everything apart because humans don't have force field technology yet. Or if you do mutants in orbit and rifts in the same, in the same universe, then it is killer satellites keeping rips garbage on earth. Don't bring that supernatural nonsense over here. Keep that shit on the ground. Then yeah, if you do that, then yeah, that's it. Then the missiles wouldn't, the missiles wouldn't work either way because ICBMs need to leave the atmosphere to do their job. And if you leave the atmosphere, you get shredded by pellets or killed by satellites. Choose your poison. Doesn't work. Apparently mutants in orbit is cannon rifts per rift South America too. Okay. And finally, other than to say hello to Squirrel Hermit, good to see you, is is the Splin Dimensional Market book any good? Well, you know what? That's next on my list, because in, in the next segment, we are going to talk about the Splin Dimensional Market, or just the market. What you can buy, what you can sell, what you can't buy, what, what, what happens if you, you know, rob folk. 
But apparently there's a book dedicated to that. Yeah, well, there might be a book dedicated to it. There's a section of this book dedicated to it. And I'm going to talk about that coming up next. But do you have the book, the actual book dedicated? I don't, I don't have the oh, okay. dimensional market book by itself. I, I didn't. I didn't require it because I didn't. With, with, uh, the campaign I used Atlantis in, I didn't focus on the market. The market was there and useful, but it wasn't the focus of my campaign. Okay. So I didn't so think the book was necessary. Apparently, it's World Book Twenty One. But people in chat have already said that it's a book worth getting. So yeah. I just wanted to see your take on it. So all right, there we go. That'll end this one, and we're getting prepared for the last one. And this up. I'm gonna have a lot of work to do. I'm gonna have a lot. I'm gonna have to get this done really. Not you. I'm not rushing you. I'm saying when this right. is done, so that I can be done. But uh, for my game starts. All right, here we go. We are ending this today with the dimensional market because I don't remember the full name of it and I couldn't fit it on there. So we're just gonna call it the dimensional market. That's right. Uh, as we finish up talking about the Atlantis. Riff's World Book number two. And of course, we believe that role-playing games should take place in fantastic worlds, et cetera, et cetera, yada, yada, core values, escapism, not representation, entertainment over activism, natural, organic inclusion, not forced diversity. Hey, click on that little thing. You want to donate to our charity. If for whatever reason you don't want to donate to us because we could be a charity, you can donate to a different charity. There it is on the screen. And you can watch our shenanigans Thursday through Sunday. That's right. On Twitch, it's Thursday and Saturday. On YouTube, it's Sunday and Friday. Do you like tabletop role-playing games? Join us on YouTube. Do you like video games? Join us on Twitch. There you go. Or I should start promoting Rumble a lot more. Yes, let's do that. I'll, I'll, I'll have to remember to switch that uh, Sunday and Friday thing because you're still streaming on... on hey, YouTube. you know what? You could... If, if... If uh, if OBS allow if uh, slobs allows it, I'll go to Rumble. Yeah, I don't know if that channel because you're actually on a separate channel from. I'll, I'll look. I'll look you into just it. Need the key. Yeah, I don't. I'll look into it. Okay. All right. There you go. Yeah, you've already deviated me so far. Yeah, I made you talk about Rumble. Yeah. So like, subscribe, and share for Rumble. Wait, what? Yay. <laughs> And where is it? There you go. That's the there button I was looking for. Okay, now's the time to talk about the highlight of the continent of Atlantis, according to Splingrip. Uh, the Splin dimen dimensional market. This thing was is a is the bazaar of all bazaars. That's how he made it. That's how he that's how he uh uh propagates it to, to the to the universe or multiverse. Come here, buy anything you want. Anyone, anything, it's for sale. If it's worth anything, it can be found here. So let's see where here is the market. Nothing compares to the market. Beings from all over the megaverse come to sell their goods and services at the Splin Dimensional Market. About 30% are regular merchants who are always found here. 20% are semi-regulars, meaning they go out find stuff to sell, come here, sell everything they have, and then go find more stuff. And then there's about 50% who are transient merchants just come here whenever they have anything to sell and sell it and then go off about their business and may not come back for months or years. 
The transient merchants offer the most exotic, strange, and dangerous array of animals, plants, drugs, cybernetic, symbiotic implants, magic weapons, pleasure services, and artifacts. That's because these are adventurers slash traders. These are people who go out, find the strongest, most exotic, most rare, most awesome things, and then come here to get paid by you, the player. Or as bribery to not be made a slave today. Fair enough. Fair enough. So that is the basis of the market. And of course, it is it is just wretched with con men, tricksters, hucksters, thieves, rogues, just the whole thing. Like like any like any other market, it's a it is a hotbed of crime, especially everything here is gray. The gray market is is the worst. So there you go. Now, here's some, you know. Uh, more specific type stuff. The availability of magic and super weapons. Now, this is for yeah, the that game. That first master. sentence is very, very important. Yes. Game masters must not feel obligated to make every kind of magic, magic weapon, and cool high-tech weapon and item available to their players. This is your game. Just because everything can be in the market doesn't mean everything is. Oh, sorry. We're out right now. Oh, so only while supplies last. Then <laughs> we have uh, aliens, monsters, and merchants. Here we go. Uh, the wonders at the dimensional market can be mind-boggling. Not only things sold, but the people. Beings from all over the megaverse visit the market. In fact, humans, elves, and other, han and other handsome humanoids must be uh -huh. especially careful in the market because its main clientele are non-humans. And a lot of these non-humans eat humanoids for food enslave humanoids for fun like i said if you are an unattached human here you better be super powerful or else in five minutes or less you're going to be a slave to somebody or food for somebody else that's how it's going to happen now what works in the market hey not everyone takes you know dragon lance steel right well what kind of money can i use let's find out it's true that just about anything a person can want can be found and purchased at the market. However, whether that dream item actually turns out to be there, well, or everything you imagine it would be is another story. Furthermore, one must know where to look. The market is huge and unusual items as well as people tend to get lost in all the confusion. Lord Splincrypt has come up with a barter system for shoppers who have special needs and insufficient funds. Hey, you need <laughs> this, this Q32 space modulator, right? It costs 1 million space bucks. Well, I don't have any space bucks. How do I get well, it? Well, I got a deal for you. I've got a deal for you. You can trade. There's a barter system. If you are head of a government or a kingdom, you can trade land or mineral rights, mineral rights from your land or world to pay for this item. If you are a superhuman, a Borg, a psionic, a practitioner of magic, a supernatural being, or a creature of magic, you can do acts of service. Acts of service vary. Here's some examples. Steal a valuable but hard to find or well-protected item. Eliminate, brutalize, vandalize, terrorize, blackmail, or sabotage a competitor or an enemy. Represent the merchant in the arena. There is a gladiatorial arena here. Oh my God, what a shock, right? Hold on a second. Is there a warning in the cover of this book? Why? I don't know, because, you know, well, in the 90s, it was about don't kill yourself, dum-dum. 
But uh, yeah. not, nowadays, everybody's so, you know, wrapped in bubble wrap. They start reading this. Are they going to be okay? I don't care. Fair enough. I hope they're not, actually. All right. <laughs> Escort and protect property being delivered. Escort mission. Escort goods from one place to another. If they're having a super being do it, it's not easy. And there's going to be a fight. Guard and protect property, person, or place. An assassination mission. Indentured servitude for a number of months or years. Depending on the valuable, the, the depending on the value of the item, and of course the tried and true extortion, kidnapping, or spying. Great. Now selling to merchants, it's not a seller's market here. It's a, is well, it's it's not a buyer's market. Half the merchants will buy items from adventurers. The typical price is twenty percent of market value. Twenty. Okay. I sell a sword for a hundred. I'll buy it from you for twenty. Okay, yeah, that sounds right. But if it's a particularly exotic or high value item, it can go as high as 50% market value. I have the Eye of Agmato that I stole off the Sorcerer Supreme. Oh, that's a one-of-a-kind item. I'll give you 50% of the value I can sell it for. And before you complain about that, understand that whoever you're selling it to, first of all, is probably going to have to deal with some repercussions of where you got it from. Yeah. And secondly has to make a profit yes you are has not to gonna be you're not gonna be that one character that swindles the guy that i sold it to him for 200 percent. well no. unless it's a it story actually thing, says but... in this book that the best you can do negotiation wise is 50 percent. good the best you can do is fifth is half of uh market value half now the the merchant not only has to deal with the repercussions of how you got it where you got it from who's looking for it yeah. Because he's basically, you as the player character have passed the hot potato to the merchant. Now he's left holding that thing. So he's got to deal with that. He's got to market it. He's got to house it. He's got to, he's got to, he's got to find a buyer for it. And the more exotic the item, the harder that's going to be. If it's alive, if it's a person or an animal, he's got to house it, feed it, board it, all that stuff. So yeah, it's tough. Stealing from or betraying a merchant is not smart. <laughs> Betrayal and robbery in the market is fairly common, but certainly is not tolerated and has severe repercussions, especially for stupid humans. Remember that these are inhuman monsters who dislike humans in the first place. In any case, they may not even notify the authorities, just eat you. Stealing or betraying a Splugorth or a High Lord is dumber still. Now, here's the thing. You, as a humanoid, if you screw over a merchant in the market, they can just kill you and make up a reason why. Oh. And no one's going to bat an eye. Now, if you're a slave to a powerful entity, well, then you have consideration. They'll take it up with the entity to get, to get uh, compensation. But if you represent yourself, you're representing a fool. Well, Just even like lawyers say that lawyers don't represent themselves. No, no. If you're a human or humanoid in the market and you decide to, to play stupid games, you're going to get stupid prizes. And that's either going to be that at best slavery at best. So you say there's a chance. Yeah. A chance to be a slave. Speaking of slaves, we got slave market. Now let's say you you are a master psionic. 
you uh, in in North America, you are powerful. You are strong. You are brave. You are level revered. twelve mind melter. You're you're a mind melter. Wow. Well, let's see. Human psionic. You are worth two d six times one hundred thousand credits at the market. Woo! I'm rich. If you're a mind melter or burster or other master psionic, that's can what I, you are. You're can not I sell a myself? hero. You're not powerful. You're not known. You're a dollar sign. That's what you are. That's all you're worth. Money. If you're a sorcerer, 66 times 10,000 credits. If you're a superpowered human or someone who came from Heroes Unlimited to Rifts, you're 46 times 100,000 credits. But some sell, sell for several million, depending on your powers. Oh, gaming with ADHD. Oh, he said up. save for the break, so we'll, oh, we'll go. A true Atlantean is only 44 times 10,000. An undead slayer is 2d4 times 1 million credits because undead slayers are Atlanteans who have enough tattoos in their body to be mega damage creatures. They actually hunt vampires and vampire intelligences. So they so are. So no my good. robot pilot, what am I worth? You're a human. With no special uh, of anything. The price of a human is 2d6 times 1,000 credits. Oh, man. That's all you're worth. Got okay, robbed. So, yeah, that is it. That That is, you are a number. That's what you are. You're either worth a number of money or your slave number, whatever. That's it. Or meal number four. That's what you are. So get your head right. If, if you're game mastering Atlantis for the first time for your party, make sure the party members' heads are screwed on right. Because they step one toe out of line in this place. And they're done. And there's no coming back from that. Make sure their heads are screwed on right. Use it for what it is. Don't start a bar fight in this inn. Yeah, no. Bad idea. Super bad idea. Okay, you ready for the chat? I'm ready for the chat. I'm actually going to start with the rumble side because it kind of flows in order and okay, then we'll get to this. Um, so this, so uh, that is the key to say, is talking about, uh, hey, game masters must not feel obliged, yada, yada. So that is the key to say that anyone saying Palladium is not balanced enough. Just because it's in a book doesn't mean it's in your world. Exactly. The response was, uh, too many GMs today are unable to say no, and that hurts Palladium. That's true. And then the follow-up was inequality is the best part of rifts, and I agree with that. Yes, I, I, because the inequality, first of all, is very focused. Even in the core of Rift, rifts book, the 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 rogue scholar. If if all you're doing is fighting, yeah, the rogue scholar sucks. But if you're doing all the stuff that leads you to the fight, the rogue scholar is your best friend. You don't want him dead. Yeah, the rogue scholar is going to get you everything you need to win that fight. All the information, all the weaknesses yep. of your enemy, all of the 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 disposition of their forces, strength of their keep, all that stuff. The rogue scholar will get you that stuff. He's not going to fight it for you. But no. that's when that's when the intel team passes it on to the strike team to go do its job. Exactly. So know your role, but this but it does take a good game master. To do that, if you've got a monster that you're fighting that isn't equal or, or a location that isn't balanced, you have to you have to actually figure that out. Find out what team's better to join. Find out which people you can manipulate, which people you need to stay away from, whatever it happens to be. There's no reason in God's green earth in a freaking role-playing game that you have to have equality and balance. 
It's a stupid concept. All right. Hang on. Before you move on. Okay. I have to. Uh, Kokoshuko, you are walking the line today. Let me tell you. <laughs> People are only numbers if they identify that way. Not on Atlantis. If you're a human and you walk on Atlantis, you are identified as something. You don't get to identify yourself. No one cares what you think. I assign you the pronouns. Yes. If I think you're a girl and you say I'm a boy, I smack you upside the face and say, say that again. I'll take your arms. Oh, it's a Centauran from Doctor Who in the new nonsense series. Um, all right. Now, over here, we have uh, ones. We have uh, WJ. Uh, yeah, but how do you get to the market without getting enslaved yourself? Well, no, uh, there there's plenty of ways to get there through dimensional rifts. There's plenty of ways to to get there through, uh, you know, aircraft or whatever. They they have an, they have what uh, an equivalent to, you know, landing pads and stuff like that, because they do also uh, do trade with spacefaring races. OK, you know, so sp spacecraft are a thing. So they have they have landing areas so you can get there from the air. But usually it's dimensional rift. Usually. I may have been trolled here, but I put it up here because I don't know what it means. Okay. Do they have Triceraton weapons? Triceraton, that, that could be from the, the Joke Rifter Giga, Giga damage oh. weapon. Okay, I have that one, but, uh, yeah. okay. Either that or Transdimensional TMNT, which, no, uh, unless you're playing a Triceratops, then you, then you might have three horns, but that's about it. And then finally... Here we go. Let's read the super chat now. First of all, thank you, gaming eighty with ADHD. If you guys have not done so yet, check out his channel. Uh, he's got a bunch of different stuff on there. Oh, what did I just see that he was wasn't BattleTech? He just what did you just post? Now, anyway, uh, <laughs> something else. But uh, for, thank you for the nineteen ninety nine. Save for the break. I know you don't want to be a Palladium channel, but thanks for these overviews. I don't think either of us care about being a Palladium channel. Yeah, that'd be fine. I mean, there's worse things to be called. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we had your Palladium books last year, which is why we're not focusing on it as heavily this year. But but you guys did like it so much that he's still doing a lot of them in, in segment two. So uh, and so we're we're good with that. Uh, they're fun and they remind me of why I love riffs. Yeah, I'm slowly being converted over to riffs. <laughs> still 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 a bit out of my uh, drowning in my immersion. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, also. Oh, Gaming with ADHD is at 988 subscribers on YouTube. Guys, go check that out. Go to, nice. I mean, his channel name is right on the screen there. You can't miss it. Uh, so go ahead and subscribe. Let's bump him over 1,000. And let's see if we can bump him to over 100 on Rumble. I know you don't need 100 anymore to stream, but hey, let's see if we can bump him over to 100 on Rumble as well because he's got 87 there and love to hit 1,000 today. That's, that's a good goal. So let's see if we can give him 12 more subs over there. I mean, we have almost 50 people watching, so. So check that I think out. And my thank Rumble account is on Firefox. Okay. And on this PC, I only have uh, Chrome, but I'm going to check, see if I can log in. Well, thanks again for the, the 1999 there. Appreciate that. Nope. It's on Firefox. I don't have the password saved. Damn it. I'll have to, I'll have to, I'll have to wait till I get back to my other PC and then I can, I can check to make sure I'm subscribed on Rumble or the crap or whatever. The crafting gamer just posted something on uh, uh, was it Robotech? Yeah, this was it Zentradi on Robotech. So you can check out his channel if you want more Robotech oh, type cool. stuff. So there we go. All right, that is it. Those are our three uh, our three riffs. Seg I don't like call them segments because we have other segments, but our three uh, 
contents, categories. categories. Here we go. Chapters uh, that we have for today. So um, leave it at there. I want to thank everybody who left us comments. And please be sure to like, subscribe, share. Uh, apparently, YouTube hates us more than we thought. So these three things, especially that sharing, really help us out. Okay, we're going to breeze through. Plebs. Yeah, I've never liked opera. I, I've got Frenchies. I mean, the tab system is pretty neat in opera, but uh, yeah. but other than that, I've never been a fan of opera, but I get why people use it. Uh, personally, I use uh, Brave for Legion of Myth stuff. So. Yeah. But, I mean, everybody likes what they like. So no, no, I, mean, that, I know that, people use Safari, I mean, and it's like... Yeah, for, for Legion of Myth stuff, I use Chrome, and for everything else, I use Firefox, so all of my passwords aren't saved on, on one yeah. platform. I do and brave the, for the Legion really of Myth. High because... level password stuff is, is saved in the Chrome. Oh, I, I try not to do most of that if I can help it. But uh, yeah, that's, that's why I use brave because it's this much, just one iota harder to hack. <laughs> Anything can be hacked. I will never sit here and be like, can't hack my stuff. Yeah. It's like, can no, I say know, that? Here's, here's an example. My, my Firefox password to log into Firefox is eight characters. My Chrome password to log into Chrome is 15. Because it's it's got all of your stuff on it. Oh, there you go. oh wait, I kind of got to do this. All right, here we go into segment three, where we're going to read a couple of comments. Probably not too many today. We're going to read a couple of comments, and you guys are welcome to join us. So uh, I'll get uh, the link out there to Rumble if you want to get it out there to uh, YouTube land, so that uh, people can join us. Appreciate that violence. I will. I, if the role playing goes well, it will be fun. Join us. There we go. Join us. You can join the dark side. But there you go. The rules are on the screen there. And uh, let me pop that up. Let me go and... Oh, that's right. I got to zoom in on this. And let's show some comments that we want to respond to. I still have not responded to that guy last week that I have the note right there for, right here. My note last week saying... uh, King Jut's comment about Battle Lords, I still have not responded to that. I'm a bad, bad person. You Holy are? crap, you got a bunch of Star Trek. Well, it looks Ooh. like you're going back to one of your old videos. This this is the same person. It is the same person. Oh, He's got wow. some so he got uh, lots of stuff to say. Zoom it out. I can't read it. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll get we'll get to that. That's not for here. Just like I got a bunch of Friday chill stream stuff that I've got to look at. So what's for last week? What did we talk about last week? Uh, we talked about uh oh here we go. Character backgrounds. Character backgrounds and what did I do? Uh, well, uh, something. Oh, the 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 conversion. Oh yeah, yeah. C- converting uh, Nightbane to Res. Yep. yep. So, Ethos just the plural of Ethos. Okay, I didn't know that. Uh, yeah. Okay. Never mind. Someone okay. pointed out. Yeah, I think it was uh, like Mr. Max or somebody pointed yep. that out. Yep. So. Uh, oh, did you no, put the link? Like in, did you put the link out there for YouTube people? Oh, sorry. Uh, See, I want Heathen Dog to do the complete shift, shifter quintessential guide video. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, Victor, right. you win the internet for today. <laughs> here's, here's, here's the guide to being a shifter. Fucking kill yourself. That's Aww. the guide. That's the only thing you know. Step one, kill yourself. Step two, profit. Oh. <laughs> Hungar says his comment is the best. As yeah, always. He always does first. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Uh, okay. Somewhere out there in darkness, Kyle Brinks and the Watsi Diversity Board is screaming and 
into the void about the problem. Oh, there's your word. Problematic yeah. nature of this whole discourse. What are we? Uh, okay. Character I don't know what you're creation. talking about. I don't remember what I talked about on the previous streams. You've got to tell me what it is that we said, because uh, I want to agree with you, because I like the idea of Watsy being, you know, crying about something, but yeah. timestamp or something. So, but thanks for the comment. I do appreciate it. Uh, just so everybody knows, you know that this isn't just a comment section. You can yeah, call I, I in. Put in the link if, if okay. you want to come in and talk about uh, uh, Conan, uh, not Conan, but Hyperborea equipment or the or the atlantis world book yep. then jump on it i've noticed that ever since we started doing this comments thing less people have called in well that's because they're watching and not thinking. Ah, fair enough uh that's a riffs thing that you can get to later wait it says you uh can you get an overview of bionic source book okay well bionic I, source book. i don't have it but i can, I can oh i have at. it i think oh. i have it in pdf too oh cool um oh the same person says okay i don't know what a wolf in quatoria is oh, oh that, that is a that's a space wolfen Okay, I've always been fascinated by the Wolfen Empire, good man. And playing a Terminator Judge Dread Robocop care. Okay, wait a minute. It's a Terminator Wolfen? No, it's not a Terminator. It's a it's a I I, I would go more Judge Dready. They, they are they're they are the Wolfen like like uh super high police force. You know, they they are they're meticulously groomed to have absolute moral authority and, and legal authority over their domain. And they, they are the judge, right? They, they, they walk into a town, they, they clean up the town, kill all the bad guys and move on. That's what they okay. do. Let me, and we and have Mark Hawkman yep, waiting. Go ahead. You can go ahead and pop them in while I'm right. clicking on these. All right, Mark Hawkman, what you got? Hello, Mark Hawkman, what do you got? Oh, um, you, you may have noticed that, that I, I mentioned that uh, one of the things that you sometimes encounter in Hyperborea uh dungeons at least in the published modules is floor traps that actually involve the floor collapsing under you sure and at your dm's discretion he might you know pay attention to how much stuff you're carrying when deciding if it triggers that is a good point that that is that is another reason for encumbrance if you uh if you know because uh you want a trap to only go off with a certain amount of weight that that way you get the most amount of people in that trap right mm -hmm. it makes sense yeah so, i can see that I, I have no no arguments against that that's yeah. and and this this is this is good for you max it'll only go off when when your when your armor carrier is going over it and then all the weight from the shields and extra swords triggers the trap and all, all the adventurers get over it down. all the adventurers get over it and your armor carries like, ah! exactly and now you lost all your armor and shields and weapons and you're screwed <laughs> that that is a good one i mean the players will hate you forever but it makes sense hey you didn't do it they did it to themselves that's it you shouldn't have hired him you hired jimmy <laughs> yeah if you hired jimmy he was only holding the lantern yeah, taking your one right gold <laughs> Jimmy's I mean, still eating that gold a day from you. I mean, Hyperborea uh, adventures, let's just say that stuff happens is the rule of the game. <laughs> no, I, I got you. All right. So, cool. Thank you, Mark Hawkman. Yeah. That, was, that was a good catch. I like that. Yep. I, only, I only have this comment up here uh, because we're talking about doing worlds without number and it's the same thing and it's one of your old videos just to show i mean this video is like what four or five years old now and people are still watching it's great but uh i like how the game uses a 2d6 mechanic for resolution so do i 
Uh, in the example in the video, the player has uh, has to roll a six or higher in two d six and have a seventy two percent chance for success. I, again, I like the simplistic. Maybe this is a battle tech in me too, but because that's two d six, I like that sim. I like the simplistic system. And when I was paging through World Without Number after we talked with Garthon about it, I was like, I like that. I forgot that's one of the things I really liked about this. But anyway, um, oh, we wow, also have to start comment here. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I just did that. If you want to go ahead and read that off, go ahead. Holy uh, crap, you're getting a bunch of views on this. With the Rift's power creep, how does an old book like Atlantis hold up to newer books? It holds up pretty well, but because of the symbiotes, because of rune magic, because of uh, of uh, stone magic, and it's it's where the, the Atlantean RCC is written in, and uh, because of, uh, what do you call it? The, uh, the uh, Splugorth alchemy, you know, where they, the, the bio wizardry. You know, all of that is insanely powerful, which means it's equal to the newer books. <laughs> but in the in the 90s, when it when it came out, it was insanely powerful. Now it's as good as the newer stuff that's out now. So it held up well in a sense where everything creeped up to it, I guess. But uh, in, a, in another decade, it'll probably be too weak to play. <laughs> that's funny. Well, they, they have the, again, somebody came out with a Dimension Book, apparently. Like, the World Book 21 is Dimension Book. You know, that's probably got power creep in it, right? Probably, yeah. Um, hey, when you have time, have yep. time for it, if you can go back and check out your old Stars Without Number and your old Star Trek ones, you got a bunch of comments on those. Okay, I didn't realize. That's, were... that's cool. Yeah, neither did I. That's awesome. I'm yeah. not able to check comments as often as I want to, and so that's why I'm kind of doing it this way, to catch up on at least some of them. Uh, True Neutral Alignment is the Terminator. Okay. Boom, that boom. was when we were talking about the alignment thing. Yes. Last week. Yeah. Um, magic system for you. Character background. Shut up, hunger. You <laughs> like, <laughs> Rick rolled you. No, hunk, he he hungar starved you. Uh, any more on here? Um, a lot of random count, dude. People are watching over oh, here. This is for you. Yes, bring the horror factor. There it is. Yes, yeah, but horror factor didn't make is real. Character. Horror factor is real. I like horror. I like how horror factor is used in Palladium. Yeah. It's yeah. similar to a morale check, but beforehand. Yeah, I I like how it's used in the fact that uh, if you have a higher horror factor than someone else who has a horror factor, the one with the highest horror factor wins. Doesn't have to roll against the weaker one, but the weaker one has to roll against the the, the stronger horror factor. Okay. So you, your character with a with a max of eighteen, has an eighteen horror factor. Almost nothing besides you as an eighteen. So you can come across what would be considered the most horrible looking thing in the world. You'd be like, meh. And it would look at you and go, oh my God, what is that thing? And run away. Uh, is it related to Call of Cthulhu Sanity? It's similar, but not the same. No, no, it's not even similar. No, it, it is. You are affected for one combat round. One, one whole round, you're at minuses. Is it just you're, one round? I thought it was more than that. No, no. Okay. The, the the very next initiative that the, the very, the very next, uh, um, action sequence when everyone depletes their actions and a new round starts you're no longer affected by horror factor okay so nerdy ogre here says i was thinking of asking rpg is dumb if i could play a nightbane but that seemed a bit too much so i decided not to then my character almost died i thought it was a sign from the rpg gods but alas it was not meant to be because you almost died sir okay. almost died. i don't know how i'd take that like like look, look here here's the thing Again, your mileage may vary. I'm not dictating how you play. For me, I'm kind of, I'm very 
cl- closet closed about the whole core rulebook type thing. I like the idea that we're playing stuff out of the core rulebook. You know, maybe add on a, a couple extra juicers or something later on. But I, 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 when things get too weird for me, it's it's like, look, if I have a complaint about the Pathfinder 2 game I'll be playing later, which, by the way, this live stream will point you over in that direction. I can't remember exactly what time it starts, but, uh, you know, I've got things to do after this anyway. But you'll at least have the link to get there. You can watch me role play in Pathfinder 2. Um, you know, it, it's the fact that goblins are part of the world, but we've got a goblin... We've got an undead chick. We've got a gnome. And I'm trying to think what else was in there. I guess uh, that's it for just the weird ones. Um, and a couple of those, like, like the goblin and, and, and the vampire thing, I, they're not bad players. It's just, that's, it makes it very difficult for me because I don't like clown shoes in my games. I don't like Gonzo in my games. That's why I struggle with riffs as a whole. So while this is perfectly legit, there's a conversion book and everything to do it. I don't know how I'd be like, oh, well, really? here, here's the thing. I mean, uh, you have to, if you're using the ultimate riffs rule book, then a Nightbane can go into riffs pretty easily because like, like I said, during the Nightbane video, they are roughly equivalent in power. A first level Nightbane is roughly equivalent in power to a first level dragon hatchling and a dragon hatchling is a main RCC in the in the ultimate book. But if you're using the 1994 version, a Nightbane is way overpowered for the core rulebook. Way overpowered. Just no, no bueno. It would it would be it would be you and the, the the party is a whole bunch of robins and and whatever. But, but, know, but let's all, be fair. This is a viable I mean, it is how Kevin's yeah. even described. If it's the kitchen sink, you can do what yeah. you want. If yeah. It works for your game. Yeah, no, no. If if you want to introduce a Nightbane when when the characters are more seasoned, higher level, a Nightbane will jump in there and not destabilize anything. But if everyone's starting at first level and you got a human, you got a dog boy, you got a juicer, you got a Borg, and you got a Nightbane, the Nightbane wins. But I'm a juicer. Yeah, I don't care. I don't know. Is there any way to limit when the Nightbane can transform? No. Okay. Well, then, yeah, then I agree with you. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Let's just do do one more. Any more for Heathen Dog? Doesn't look like it. So we'll do one more. And then I think we call it a day. It says, uh, please convert the Nega Psychic from Beyond the Supernatural to Rifts and comment how the character would react with the enemies and player characters. Oh, I'll tell you right now a Nega Psychic? It's possible. There is an argument to say that a Nega Psychic would lose his special abilities. There's an argument because a Nega Psychic special abilities are based off the fact that they really don't believe the supernatural exists and their brain fights against that fact. Oh, but, but in the, in the face of Rift's earth, there's no fighting it. There's none. You either go insane or you lose some of your special abilities. But even if you lost some of your special abilities, a Nega Psychic would 100% align with the Coalition. 100%. If there's an argument against it, shut up. Your argument is flawed <laughs> and wrong and stupid and die in a hole. It would be, a, and, the, and the Coalition would love a Nega Psychic. Just love him shower him with 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 wine and money and bitches and whatever he wants he gets because he is the ultimate nullifier for supernatural forces ultimate nullifier 
Apparently, there is a Nega Psychics are in World Book Sizecape. I don't have that one. Um, I don't have that one either. The only, the only the only books I've got or I'm going to get are the ones to deal with robotics, bionics, and things like that. I don't get the I don't get the the I don't do psychic and magic and in that stuff. So, but there you go. And apparently, they are psychics. Nega yeah, psychics. they are psychics, but their their mental state. In, in their in their description and beyond the supernatural their 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 mental state against supernatural things being real is the basis for their negation abilities it 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 uh, goes to prove their point that's why it's so strong because they are so mentally against supernatural being real that around them it's not but on Rift's Earth, you can't have that without going absolutely batshit crazy. So will their powers change because of their mental attitude has to change? I think so. Again, that's up to the game master. Yeah. But I and would it would think be neat to hear to how different game masters handle yeah. something like that. Like, like uh, you know, you you might think that no, it would never work because of this and and the lore of it. Well, by just a direct conversion, you can do it. And here's how we played it out. And every dog boy, it was actually the way that we could walk into a coalition town without a dog boy finding us. Yeah. I'm not saying that could, could happen. I'm just saying that's a possibility. You know, yeah. there are different ways that people can look at it. Yeah. I mean, uh, if, if you, if you are a supernatural creature holding hands with a, with a, a, ne a nega psychic, any, any dog boy is going to sniff you. But as soon as he gets near you, he's going to lose you because he loses his abilities. And, and, and I, by the way, I wasn't putting that out there like I know how this stuff works. I was just putting out there is how people can have different concepts of this. So the fact that it's even close to being right, that's awesome. But with that, I think uh, I think we call it a day here. I've got to get to, to these videos. I think it was a pretty productive one. I hope you guys in chat are still, we still have most of our viewers, which normally by now, about, you know, good 50% of them have walked away. So thank you very much for being here uh, once again. Want to remind folks if you have not gaming with ADHD, check out his channel. Uh, you, I had the link up earlier, but uh, he's close to a thousand. Hopefully, we push help push him over a thousand. Yes. Also, if you're going to donate, you know we didn't get uh, super. Well, we got one super chat today, but uh, if you want to do the super chatting and make sure we get hundred percent of it, you know that's guess. I'm looking at it from value from your side. Of course, we like to make money, but uh, value from your side, hundred percent of it goes to us. If you uh, go over to the Rumble side and. And uh, what's it called? Rumble Rants, I think it's called over there. Yeah. Uh, do a Rumble Rant and become a member on the Rumble side. I, I don't have it as integrated with Locals as I would like, but that's because I think Locals is deficient for what I want it to do. It's just it's for my purposes. But uh, the my Locals count and, uh, and Rumble are tied. And I will start working with Heathen Dog sometime this week about uh, the getting the video game streams over there, making sure it's not too much of a pain in the ass to make that happen. Mm -hmm. Uh, all right that's that's all i have for announcements again remember this is going to push you over to gms alcove's live stream it won't be started yet but it'll get you to the channel if you want to see me later on today role play a uh uh what am i i'm playing a guardsman so yeah we'll leave it at that and there's going to be some role play shenanigans today as long as soldier with massive amounts of ptsd <laughs> I can, I can, yeah that is true that is true and and the ability because everything in pathfinder is an ability i have an actual ability or trait or whatever it's called Hotty arrogance which essentially means the benefit is that uh if somebody tries to order me to do something where normally i would have to comply i get a bonus to my saving throw for it the bad side of it is you know what try to tell me 
try to tell me what to do. <laughs> anyway, all right. Yeah, Heathen Dog's going to wrap this up nope, for us. There, and There is no, there is no words of wisdom? wisdom today. Nope. Oh, well, it then covered I'm just all gonna... the wisdom. All right. No more wisdom to be had for everybody. Nope. Want to th- Again, thank you to everybody in chat. In chat? Wow. Chat. And Shatner, I was thinking Shatner. There we go. Yeah, that's a good, good cover. Good cover. Well, thank everybody in chat. You guys are awesome today. I hope to see you on Friday for the members only live stream. There may be a chill stream after it. Don't know, but for sure the members only live stream. Come to our Discord, post some questions. Wait till then. However you want to do it, but you got to be a member in order to join that one. And until then, I hope every single oops, get that. I hope every single one of you has a wonderful week. <laughs>